I know. I am so sorry about the last time. I really do apologise. It's, so it's so good. It's so good. Honestly, I just not. I had nothing planned. I haven't watched. I think it was watching the rugby. No, wait. What right. was it? Not the rugby. Uh, no, no. The women's football. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was wondering. really good, wasn't it? It was actually it's probably the best football game I've ever watched. I know. Yeah, I was. I was. I'm a total convert. It was like this is better than the blokes. This is awesome. Yeah. Two hundred percent. We were sitting there, and I was kind of like, "Actually, this is kind of good." I'm not having the kazoo because I'm, I'm, I'm engrossed in this game. Yeah, yeah. Like the woman just giving it some. So, yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. So, no, it's all good. It's good to see you, man. Good to see and you, you, man. And you, you, yeah. you've been away again, haven't you? You've been off in Iceland. Yeah, literally came back yesterday. Man. Came back yesterday. So I'm just, um, yeah, you know, you know, when, you know, you, you know, when you get back from a trip, you're sort of a bit, you're still in trip mode, and you're still so sort of. Yeah, that was like a month, wasn't it? You were away. Yeah, about uh, about six weeks. Six weeks oh. running two. Yeah, running two tours. I mean, have you been to Iceland? Uh, I have, but never on the bike. I went. I went there with my wife actually to see the Northern Lights, and the, yeah. the night we were due to see it, all the fog came in, and we missed it, so we didn't even get to see them. <laughs> that's, that's the thing with Iceland is we were so fortunate with the weather. Literally, out of the whole time that we were there, we only had about two and a half days of Iceland. Icelandic weather, which was rain, wind, the gusts, and all that sort of stuff. It was, yeah, it was mad, absolutely mad. So, um, yeah, we literally had sunshine. I was wearing shades every day, t-shirt, and the whole shebang. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't have thought of, you wouldn't have thought it was Iceland. <laughs> I was I was following on your socials, man. It looked beautiful. It looked so yeah. good. Six Happy weeks as well. That's that's long enough for you to get, and you know what it's like. That's long enough for you to get into the I'm on the road mm. sort of mindset, isn't it? And then, yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be a big jump coming back home. Oh, yeah, 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 100%, 100%. I mean, especially when you're not far as well. You know, it's only like two and a half hour flight, and yet you're just seeing some sights, which is, yeah, yeah. I mean, like obviously growing up in New Zealand and then seeing the South Island and then kind of seeing Iceland. And Iceland was like New Zealand on steroids. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's it's just so nature. rugged, isn't it? It's it's oh. just like raw, brutal nature. Bang, there you go. 100%. <laughs> Lord of the Rings should have been filmed in, in, in Iceland, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, have you got a, a tipple of choice? I do. Good man. No, I'm, on, um, I'm, on the wine, I'm on the wine because I had so much Icelandic beer. I think I've I'm losing my figure. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something I usually yeah, worry about, so, as you can probably tell. I'm, uh, I'm not I'm sure. Sorry, dude. Uh, I've, I've got a, I've got a brew dog again. I've got a big Ooh, stock of supplies of this. Um, I don't know if you've heard the news. I don't know if you're a royalist or not. But uh, here's to Queenie. God bless. Uh, God bless her soul. Yeah, indeed, She's indeed, just indeed, passed. Indeed, so um, Sleep well, mum. Safe journey. God save the king. Yes, right. indeed. indeed. Uh, okay, then. All the timing in itself, isn't it? So there's, yeah. Yeah. Who knows where we're going to go from here? But anyway, we'll not worry about that in this podcast. <laughs> so, right, folks, welcome back to Brew Time. This week, we're joined by Reese, Reese Laurie, who's also known as Tomorrow Rider. Now, Reese, if you've never heard of him, he is a. A dual world record-breaking motorcycle adventurer—is that fair to say? I would say so. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. That's 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 in in, in a very small sense. Oh, yeah, the yeah, good points. Good points. Now, there's <laughs> going to be there's going to be loads more to chat about. But shall we shall we start with your round the world trip? Absolutely. Well, that's the big daddy, isn't it? You got to start it big. Is. You know, just you got to start big. So, so um, over to just, you. What yeah, happened? yeah, no, no. Uh, that was back in obviously it feels like ages ago now. I think it's, it's uh, 
I, I look at it sometimes and it's uh, it's a whole different person, I tell you. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, back in 2014, uh, the sort of at the time was the sort of the first original sort of youngest person to circumnavigate the world, yeah. world record. And then the oh, uh, most. Sorry, mate, uh, two, two text apologies. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Apologies. Uh, my my wife my wife's been called back into work because of oh. what's happened. So uh, yeah, there we go. That's probably the last I'll see of her for the next two weeks. I think so. <laughs> so um, sorry, mate. Yeah, pa- apologies. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The um, that's all good. The uh, yeah. So back in 2014, first youngest person to to circumnavigate the world. Um, so that was leaving at the age of 22, and then yeah. finished 24 years and 12 days. Uh, young, so to speak. I'm 31 now, so you know, yeah. it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> it's almost 10 years coming up to almost what nine to 10 years now since I actually left. So, and that was 57,000 miles, 71 countries, sort of one continuous trip. Um, yeah. at the age, and, and that was really now looking back at obviously, I mean, I it's, it's, it's quite good talking to you, Bruce, about this because obviously, I don't actually bring it up a lot these days, but no, it's not a lot as um, because obviously. There's obviously the there's other youngsters now um, who have yeah. beaten my record, and that was the whole aspect. It was to inspire. I think I remember, yeah, I remember seeing you know yourself, and I remember seeing other people at shows before I even did the trip. And there was no offense, but there, there, or to any, anyone out there, but there was I was the only youngest person. Yeah, <laughs> like you know back the NEC show, right? and then I was on the Globuster stand because I was seeing the folks yeah. Globusters and. You know, I'm 18 years old, I'm 17, I'm on the stand trying to sell trips. And then every person I look at is like, oh, it's not like young people. And yeah, that's right. them, yeah. And whereas now, obviously, I know there's, there's obviously, there's four others now, four other young people, which is brilliant to see. The Kane beat me by 12 days, and there's Henry Crew, and now there's Jack, um, all brilliant characters. And it's, and then it's not just them, obviously, there's other, you know, there's Reese, there's the other Reese, the sidecar guys. I mean, they're that's all, right. yeah. And then, Ben yes, King, ben. who saw just got lost in yeah, yeah Ben King, you know, he, yeah, you're thinking as well, just somehow, somehow makes it. I don't know how, but he makes it. <laughs> but it's brilliant to see. Like I went went to the ABR just recently, and and to walk around then to then compare. I remember way back in 20, 2010, you know, twenty thirteen, and then way before my trip. What a difference it is now. And, massive. You know, from, yeah, massive from from younger faces to also more females as well. And it's just mm-hmm. brilliant aspect of it. And that's yeah, and that that's really was one of the passions. That's why I started the whole name tomorrow, right? It was Riders of Tomorrow, Tomorrow yeah. Riders of Tomorrow Riders. So, yeah. This this whole this whole change in the mm-hmm. in the um the sort of dynamic of overland travel that's really caught me by surprise because I thought I thought we were the tail end of it. Like me and, and when you I I came back and you were just finishing your trip, and yeah. I, I kind of thought I got the feeling like adventure travel it had that big crescendo, that big peak after yeah. like long way round and everything. And mm-hmm. to me, it felt like okay, well it's done that, and we're just going to go back into the background now as a sort of you know like a like a, a an island of motorcycles. It's just <laughs> adventure travel. It's it's out there because it was never a really big sort of niche within within wow. motorcycles, was it? And then. Uh, the last sort of five years or so, it just seems to have gathered loads of momentum. And as you said, there's lots yeah. of youngsters coming in. There's loads of ladies mm. coming in. And the ABR, mm. I think the ABR this year, mm. this year totally transformed it. 
That was phenomenal, wasn't it? That first yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, that smashed it out of the park. I mean, you know, being on the same weekend as um, as Glastonbury, yeah, and all this, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's just a, what a change from. I mean, like, I sit down sometimes with clients just recently, you know, talk about the my bike is that my round the world bike is in their factory, is in their museum, um, at the Triumph Factory Museum. Awesome. If you're not, a, even if you're not a Triumph fan, I mean, you're just, just seeing the, the development of a bike from the literally from the crank itself all the way to the end, it's part of the story and the history. And I was chatting to them about it, and they're like, Oh, you know, back when we were doing that kind of thing, like the big world trips, you know, obviously there wasn't many people, like you say, and then just recently, I mean, I moved back to New Zealand, what, four and a half, nearly five years ago. Now you yeah. try and say, oh, you were doing like all this influencing stuff when it wasn't even a thing. And it's kind of like, you know, it's one of these aspects of, yeah, it was kind of thing, you know, like, even like, whereas now, like what you do, ask the YouTube, it just ex- helps accelerate. And what mm. I think is, me personally, what I think is giving someone a tool to go out and actually do something, do it and, and make things happen. Because then they have a, they have a purpose. Yeah, because like my purpose was a world record inspiring it gives other people a purpose to share their knowledge share their experience and inventions and their stories and I don't know it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see when you step back and look at it and go wow this is <laughs> it's and, and, and you must get I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one to get this. I've spoken to lots of other sort of um, motorcycle <laughs> names and yeah. um I, I get messages from people, really quite profound and touching messages from people who say things like, you know, what an impact the the mm. trip has had on on them and on their lives. And it's totally yeah. like some people it's it saved them because they've been in a dark place and they, you know, they yeah. thought that was the yeah, end yeah. of things. And that for whatever reason it's 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 touched part of their soul and it's made them sort of focus on something and they've gone on whether that's to travel by a motorbike or travel or fix mm-hmm. a, a sight in their their mind that I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. It's given yeah. them like a, a drive and a focus in life. You must get that as well from, from people, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, especially back in the, especially after the trip, it was at this peak and then even, even recently, I still get people you know the you still get like you said, you get the messages on Instagram, you get the messages on YouTube, and just people saying, "Wow, you know." And I think that because once you've got that niche, you've got that sort of that that market, so to speak. It's like that, like you know, so you've got the audience. The audience are looking at you and thinking, "Okay, everyone needs a bit of inspiration." Yourself, me, everyone needs that little bit of inspiration, and it's just helping them. Just sort of, you know, what you can do. It. You know what you yeah. can do. That you can do that. And that's it. And hundred percent. I mean, I've, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I take screenshots actually of everyone. Do you? Because I hope that one day, yeah, that one day you still have it, a little folder um, oh. on, my, on my laptop, just because it's, you know, if, if I feel down, you know, it's, it's, it's like right, okay, let's just look at, you know, the impact that I've made on people, on, on other younger people as well, um, and and the change that has happened from, from young people to, you know, even brands itself. It's great, yeah. Many, That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, I wish I thought of doing that. <laughs> well, yeah. I did. I did do it a bit later, and I had to just, you know, one of those boredom. I think it was one of my uh, lockdown sort of things of just, <laughs> just going just, through. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, when life was a bit like, what do I do? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? and then just scroll. You know, that, that's that's been something that I've been. 
Not not wishing to blow smoke up your arse, but that's something mm. I've been very impressed with you. I, I remember I remember chatting with you after we'd both finished our trips. I think it was at an overland event or it was yeah. it it was at one of the adventure sort of meets. And I remember you you had a very focused and almost business like um approach and and attitude towards your trip and and you as a brand and and where you were going and and i remember thinking to myself shit that's 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 actually what we are isn't it we are i didn't think of myself as a brand at all at this point mm-hmm. and i remember talking to you and and you had said you know when when you were approaching people for your, for your world trip you know mm-hmm. you're selling the brand you're selling the package and what you can provide for the company in return for yeah. whatever it was they were going to give you and i remember thinking shit i didn't think of any of that i just i didn't think of any of that at all and you're like it's plain as day isn't it and so that that in turn is advice that i give anyone that asks me how how can i do what you've done you know for, for me i'm like well if you take if you take the mental side of it out yeah. of it because you'll only do it if you have the mentality to do it it's it's an easy thing to do you're just sat on a motorbike and you're riding but mentally, you've got to just keep going, haven't you? And whatever it throws at you along the way, you just keep going. And um, exactly. Exactly. I think I don't think I think any bike. I've always said this: any bike will go around the world, but not any rider will. And and obviously, exactly. that is the difference, isn't it? But that's what I say to people: is you know, if if you want to, if you want to sort of have the backing of other brands or companies, if you want to go down the sponsorship route, and again, mm. there's plus and minuses for that, as we both know. Mm. Uh, yeah. Then, then you certainly have to create yourself a brand and almost like a business plan for each of those companies who want to come on board. Hundred percent, and that, I, I get that all the time. Obviously, especially with my reputation with triumph and that, and you know, people do see that as, like you say, positive or a negative, and people, you know, people bring it down for it as well. You know, they mm-hmm. think, well, you know, you're back because they do. But then I always sort of say on the flip side, you know, I mean. When I was planning the trip, when I was 21 years old, I left at 22. It took me a year to plan. So just, I always say, just picture yourself. You were 21. When you were a 21 year old, you're more than like, well, I was too before I started planning the trip. You know, you're down at the pub, you're drinking, you're flirting with ladies, you're doing what you do. You know, whereas a 21 year old, I had to go and sit in a board meeting with Triumph yeah. Motorcycle. They, they weren't going to just sit there and just give me, lend me a bike. They never gave me a bike. Um, you know, so imagine a 21-year-old sitting there with a board meeting of about 12 people, Nick Will himself, the directors, the managers, and you're there portraying yourself, saying, well, I'm going to go around the world. Has anyone done it? Well, not really. Well, there's other people, but not this official record. And yeah. I'm going to do another record, and I'm going to go solo, and I'm going to go. And they're, and they're thinking, hmm, are we going to trust this 21-year-old yeah. to, to represent our name, he goes out there and pops really gets drunk and whoa and goes does a tweet, you know, a young person sort of thing to do. Our name is gonna be everywhere. Do you know how much convincing that took? My gosh. <laughs> but literally, like you say, you have to I had to really sort of rein it in. Um I even had to go through, you know, back in when I was like MySpace and Face like when Facebook was old, I had to put down all like the you know, the weekend party pictures and all that stuff. Did you? you yeah, so yeah, you had to just, totally sanitize your yeah, whole yeah, online just to, presence. Yeah, 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 that was one of the little things to, because I've said in football, they're going to search me up. And that's, yeah. Stuff. Like, you mm. know, if they sit there and they see that every weekend you're on, you know, yeah, you have to play the game. Um, and also, I also say to people, and I know, well, this is probably a perfect time, but I mean, like people, people sometimes think that like, my world trip 
for me who paid for my farm. Yeah. I can tell you now 100% they didn't pay a dime. They yeah. lent me the bike, they paid for the service. Um, but literally how I paid for it was was through credit cards. Yeah. I got seven credit cards and I got a then I got a, then I maxed them out and I had a few red letters come in the post. And then at the end of the, <laughs> the trip, I got, then got what I call a student loan um, and paid them all off. So it, essentially it's just a student loan, um, but a student of life. You know, so. Yeah, I, I was I was I was amazed at that as well. Cause I'd I'd assumed because you had the back in a triumph and mm-hmm. you Will you not GoPro athlete as well? Like GoPro gave you the cameras and stuff as well. Yeah, they did. I, yeah. I, I just assumed that, you know, mm. like you were swimming in cash for this trip and you had all the backing <laughs> and you had people doing all your filming and your social media. No, it was just you, wasn't it? It was totally it just was, you. Honest, yeah, honest about it was because if I always try and tell people, like, I look at now, so say, for instance, like a character, I look at like a mm-hmm. so she's she is raking in. I've seen some of the numbers and she's oh, yeah. <laughs> then I see it and I look at it and I think well, back then, again, there wasn't as many of, you know, these figures or these people going out there doing these massive things. So when I went to a company, like I did go to GoPro, I went to GoPro HQ, I went to Big Bosses and they said, yeah, we'll give you free cameras. And they gave me literally about, I mean, they saved me like hundreds of hundreds of pounds. I mean, they gave mm-hmm. me a big, massive bag of batteries. They said, you're going to need all this, you're going to need all that. You want content? Uh, they featured all my content, some of the books and the thing, the tutorials they released and all that. Yeah. Stuff. But it wasn't yeah. a penny. GoPro didn't send a penny. But I thought back in then, which wasn't actually a thing then, was like this influencer. I thought, right, okay, if I rip, like you say, rip yourself as a brand, put yourself out there, make yourself look like this, and brands are going to go, I want this guy, and yeah. in the hope that they'll go, I'll help pay for his fuel <laughs> and his beers yeah. and all this yeah. stuff. It didn't actually work, but that's okay. <laughs> but did you did you did you end up having people like contacting you going? Because I did. I had people contacting me going, you know, how can we how can we send you a tank of fuel? Like, what's your PayPal address? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, there weren't things like in those days. I don't think there was a GoFundMe then. There was there was none of that sort of stuff. I think crowd. Uh, yeah, there was PayPal crowdfunding. I think had just started because I ended up doing a. Did I do a crowd? No, I I said to people, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to do a DVD about the trip. So that's yeah. definitely going to happen. If you want to pre-order it, you can buy yeah. it now for this price. You know, I yeah. think, I think, yeah. I think the DVD was something like twenty quid. The book was a tenner, I think. And um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, you can you can do that now. And because I think I I got to Australia and I'd basically ran out of money. And I was like, right, okay, yeah. well, folks, hope you've enjoyed wow. it. It's been it's been wow. great, but I'm gonna have yeah. to I'm gonna have to turn around now and head back. And people yeah. were just like, no, you got to keep going, you got to keep going. Yeah. So yeah. I, I set myself like a target that I had yeah. to reach within, I think, the week it was or something. And was literally it? within like 24 hours, I'd hit the target, and I was like, holy yeah. shit. That's phenomenal. You know, like it raised like eight grand in the space of yeah. a day. I was like, yeah. right, okay, off we go then. <laughs> it was incredible. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I mean, that's the thing. There is people out there to give a helping hand in those situations. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 100%, 100%. I had the same same situation. I think near the end of the trip, I ran out of cash as well. Yeah. And um, there's always a fun fact, actually. I think even, um, oh, which podcast did I listen to? Probably a year ago. My mate said, oh, you should call in and, and say, I think it was, was it, I think it was Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Rogan was, was talking about snicker bars. Mm. And it can't be healthy to live off Snicker bars. <laughs> Fun fact, a week of my trip, 
near the end of my trip because there was always with my world trip there was also the capital cities where i was only going to capital cities i actually yep. ended up running out of cash and i lived off snicker bars for a week so literally in the morning i had a snickers bar because you feel like the bike at the gas station yep. grab a snickers bar usually those duo ones you know yep. and you can have one for breakfast and one for lunch Bloody hell. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly, a whole week until the point. And then, like you say, the generosity of people until the point where I got to Athens, Greece. And then the triumph guys in Athens, they said, Look, we've got a good crowd. We need you to do a tour. And I was like, Okay. So I put a calculus in there and they put me up. Literally. Is there a buffy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Greeks? My gosh. <laughs> And literally, like, you know, they put me up in that five-star hotel in Athens. They said it's going to be about 200 people you're going to talk to the other ship. Wow. And then literally we'll put on a Greek feast. Obviously, at that time, I've had, like, so many Snickers on Snickered out and literally got to the point in there. Like you say, a buffet, but in a small little Athens cave, and they had a big, long feast of food <laughs> and just all sorts of Greek food. And, uh, and it was just, like, by the end of it, you know, just... Yeah, but again, the gener- once you reach that point, and those are the moments I think, like you just said, you remember that. I remember that. Those are the points which everyone, and everyone will have their own stories like that, one way or another. What? I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll go through people's questions after this because obviously that there's a lot of questions from people, and mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's asked this yet, but I'm going to ask it now. For mm-hmm. for you, I I know probably what the biggest impact on me as a person was from my trip, but what about for you? What what do you think has been the biggest impact on you from from biggest not only in- just mm-hmm. from the from the global trip, from the world trip? Yeah, yeah, from the world trip. The the, uh, the biggest impact for me is more realizing especially from a younger point of view again it's from younger eyes is is people from around the world so i.e people in different cultures and that really made me wake up so for an example um you know little kids in laos um when you're a young person and you see little kids as you know little kids could be your sister or your brother your siblings they're playing on the streets of a hay football or something, and they've got a bigger smile than kids I've seen in the Tesco's are not getting their flavor of ice cream. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, as everyone is, you and I, and that's the thing, you know, like Colombia is not as dangerous as all people think, it's far from it. And, and that's the thing. Though the biggest take for me is don't listen to the media. <laughs> just don't 100%. Listen to the media. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and even other people's views. It's see it with your own eyes and have your own experience because, you know, like Bruce, you and I could ride down the same road, I feel. We could go to the same country and go to the same thing, but we'll have two different experiences. Totally, totally. Yeah. Depends on the mood you're in at the time, doesn't it? It exactly. just it depends yeah. on your previous experience. It depends on so much for sure. Mm, but so I'm, much. I'm with you on that. Like that, that was the overwhelming thing for me, that the impact mm. on me was that we're all the same. As just as as a species, we are all the same. It makes no difference what language you speak, what what faith or religion you follow, what colour you are. It makes no difference. Essentially, everybody's decent, aren't they? Everyone just wants to look after their family and they will help if they can help. Exactly. And that's the thing. It, it, it makes the world, you end up seeing, I mean, the world is huge. You end up realising how big the world is. And then you also realize how small the world is, as in the community of humans. The yeah. world itself, as in Mother Nature, is massive. 
and it's far too vast. You could live for a thousand years and still not see every part of the world. But as us as humans, we could, we can see, we, we're such a small unit and it's like, yeah, that just blew me away. That's big. That's why I like, to be honest, like the best countries I visited was all the third world countries, all the, the non-Western world countries. And yeah. the worst country the world trip for me was, was all the Western countries. So, yeah. I like, you know, Australia and New Zealand was not my cup of tea. I was like, oh, take me back to Asia, take me back to, to America, take me back to Africa. Like, it comes as know? a bit of a shock, so, yeah. doesn't it? When you when you move from, like I remember coming from uh, Australia across to Chile. And mm-hmm. I mean, Santiago is fine, isn't it? Santiago is yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a very sort of first world um, city. Yeah. And then yeah. you get on the road and once you head out, especially once you cross into Peru, when you get up in the mountains and some of the parts of yeah. Peru, you're just like, oh, wow, this is, you know, it's, it's, it's as you said, it's like Laos, isn't it? Like I, I remember yeah. being in Laos and thinking, this is probably some of the most basic mm. and and, and uh, some of the most basic living standards I think yeah. I've I've been experienced to. And the, the people literally had nothing, you know, up in Ho Chi Minh. They're just, they, they live in whatever it is oh, that they Chi build Minh, themselves. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no road. Well, there was no road there at the time. They were, they, they sort of cleared, but they hadn't started building the road yet. And, um, you know, people were happy. As you said, people yeah. were just happy, weren't they? The kids yeah. were out playing yeah. in the muck and just 100%, doing their thing. 100%. 100%. They just, and that's what you realise. You realise the smiles and it's all genuine and it's all, and especially back then, I mean, it's funny you talk about like the roads. Like I now know some of the roads, you know, like, like what we would have ridden um, back then in, in, in Patagonia, like Route of 40. It's all gravel yeah. and those heavy side winds. Whereas now, right next, I, I saw them building a tarmac, and I know now the like the some of the the tours that we run on Blowbusters is is literally tarmac road now. So you're now on the tarmac, so you don't have that challenge of loose gravel inside. You like you just you just wear it one side of your tire. Yeah, yeah, it's all like, the way. Yeah, there's just different 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 challenges and different aspects of that as well. Which yeah, it's yeah, hundred percent. I remember, I remember on my trip, just getting to certain places and going, you know, I'm, I'm on a road, and as you yeah. said, I'd look to the side and there'd be like a track, and yeah. I would see, I would just see something, and I'd be like, I've seen that in someone's picture before, and you're like, ah, oh, I see what you've done. You just, you just pushed your bike onto the dirt track next to the road. Ah, oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah cool, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I've seen, yeah, you just got all that one. Get the ground, get the picture, job done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Brilliant. So, um, I mean, we've not spoken too much about the the world trip, but uh, we we can cover that in questions and stuff. Loads of people have got questions about it. So, after the world trip, where did life take you after that? Uh, it was sort of on a high, really. I mean, it was uh, you come back and you're like this super uh, youngest person sort of thing. So um, it was full on. It was really full on. It was like a, it was literally like a movie set for me, to be honest. Uh, when I look back, um, obviously, wow. well, magazines obviously back then were very popular. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> every magazine interview photos, interviews, talks at almost all the dealerships. Um, Triumph got me to go around all the dealerships in the UK. Uh, wow. Filming, production, um, obviously then Triumph. The only, the only time Triumph did pay me to go overseas was when I did a filming shoot for them. <clears throat> I rode from New York to Los Angeles on there. At the time, the new Explorer. So they were kind of like, you know, they're sitting there probably in their ballroom. You know, uh, right, we need a, we, we've got a new bike coming out, the Explorer back in the day. 
Um, we need to get it shot in, in December in America. And obviously, if you if people are listening, obviously, you know that America in December is, you know, yay high snow and very cold. Oh, who do we send out there? Oh, they'll send Reese. Yeah, he's just <laughs> He'll do it. <laughs> He'll do it. He'll do it. So that obviously I did, yeah. Um, so I had to write a prototype explorer. Um, even though it had all, it said it had heated seat and heated grips, it didn't have any of that. Um, no, because it, it was a prototype. It was literally yeah. a prototype. Like literally, when it, it was good, went across the states, did the filming, then met the Triumph film crew at points, and they took photos and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, like that's the best one. It was like it was like a movie, a big movie set. Went to all the press launches. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. And then obviously then. Like all things, it just sort of went, and then there was, there's got to be a dot, there's got to be a, a down, and yeah. then it just fizzled out a little bit. And then it was like everyone's in waiting. Because at that time, it was like, you know, it was, again, there wasn't, we're not to the stage that we are now where there's lots of characters, lots of travel, and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I'm like, what's Reese going to do next? And it was kind of like, I've got my 30 grand bill to pay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to go. I can't afford to go around the world again. So then, like to work. Yeah, pretty much. And then, literally, I am um, obviously back in the day. I mean, I was I was a professional bartender, did the whole flaring and uh, cocktail mixologists. Um, I got offered to work in Vegas and that sort of stuff. So I ended up packing it all in and then moving back to New Zealand, and then literally lived a very substantial life. I mean, literally just. Uh, you know, like B&Q, you know, B&Q? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so a New Zealand equivalent of B&Q called Minor 10. So they, 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 I worked with them. They worked there just at the till. Um, I then worked at Flight Centre for a bit behind an office desk. I almost wanted to hang myself behind oh, a desk. Oh, God, yeah. That <laughs> must have been purgatory for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I mean, it was, I mean, it was good at first. I could sell travel like a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, yeah. About any country in every country, but then sitting there nine to five in a suit and a thing and an answering the phone and couldn't do it. So, um, yeah. So then, and then did that and then and COVID hit. So that's sort of the period. I've squeezed in very small, but yeah, literally went from a high to a incredibly low. <laughs> See, well, I, I sort of had that. I sort of had that mm. as soon as I finished the trip. I didn't, I didn't have any sort of fanfare when I finished. Mm. It was just yeah. finished. And then it was like, okay, I think I finished on something like a, oh. a Friday or Saturday and on a Monday, yeah. I was back in the old bill. <laughs> it was just like no. I, th- I think I think I had a week. I had a week basically yeah. sat at my my girlfriend's flat for a week, just yeah. sort of like shit. What just happened? You know, just mm-hmm. that that period yeah. when you when you're going was was that real? Is this real? Yeah. What what, yeah. what the fuck's happening here then? And then I was just back into normal life again, and that was it. Wow, yeah, it, was, it was really weird. You didn't you didn't you didn't feel any lungs or anything like that. You didn't yeah, feel massively. Yeah, I. I, I got the post-trip blues massively for probably a good eight months to a year. I'd, uh, I I really struggled, to be perfectly honest with you, being back. I mean, I think during that time, when I got back, it turns out I developed a heart condition while I was away. Um, I got yeah. dengue fever at one point, and the, doct- yeah. the doctors still don't know if that instigated. I ended up with like an erratic heartbeat. So... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had to, I had to basically be defibbed to to restart the heart and get it back in a normal rhythm. So uh, they they put you on they put you on like beta blockers and blood thinners, and those yeah. beta blockers were horrible. They they really put you in a downer, and and I was in a downer anyway because I had the yeah. post trip blues, and yeah. I had like eight months, maybe ten months of just 
it was fucking horrible. I hated it. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you, you sort of see your way through that and then, um, yeah, fine. Then it was like, right, what do you do next then? So <laughs> it's like life goes on. I know, next. It's, it's like, like, but that's the thing. I mean, like, um, you know, you know, when I moved back to New Zealand four years ago, because um, that's where I grew up, and it's the mid accent, but um, <laughs> like literally four years ago, when I moved back to New Zealand after doing world tour, then doing all these things and then doing all the white stuff and then went back. And I mean, I mean, I love my mates if they if they're listening, but I mean, literally, like you realize people, like you, you do something really different, and it's you and out there, and you go and travel and see the world. And you do something different, and you come back home, not much has changed. Oh it's, yeah, it's kind of stayed the yeah. same, and you realize that you've changed. It's not it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing bad with 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 them or with anything, but it, you realize you've changed. As a person, you totally. yeah, and that's why I'm back here in England now because literally struggled being back in New Zealand doing the like I said the office job and the normal B and Q job, and then it was just like I need, I need, I need more. I need more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, and it's not, it's not that, it's not that you know the other people's lives are are any less, is it, or less no, no, less meaningful? No. It's just that. You change. You change when you travel. You totally you change. change. You change. And it really, it really got to me in the in the old bill. In the old bill, we all stand around and we all moan. Especially the 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 role I I was I had in diplomatic, where you basically you're just a security guard with a gun. You know, you just you stood on a post for two hours, and you know you stood with your your oppo and you just stand yeah. and you chat and you moan about you moan about life you moan about the public you moan about the senior management you moan about yeah. politics you just moan that's what you, you do moan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you just moan and and uh, i found when i came back i would i stepped back into that role and as exactly what you just said everyone mm. is moaning about the same things yeah. and life yeah. doesn't feel like it's moved on for them whereas no. You have totally changed, haven't you? Like my whole mindset, attitude, everything had changed. Hundred percent. Even they would like, like anyone would change. Like if they're if they're doing something, they're doing something completely out of the different or out of out of their normal daily routine, and they're changing themselves. And that's what happens. And and that's why they usually say, you know, friends come and go, Mm. because they they say because. Each person changes. You know, if you meet someone in your life, it doesn't have to be travel. You meet someone. Uh, and you know, relationship and that's your your path goes down a different road, and so you're changing. And obviously, they're going this way, the same way that the road was going, so to speak. But you end up meeting someone, say, and you end up going this way. And the next yeah. minute, you, 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 you know, you completely change. So that's not yeah, it's not right or wrong. It's just you change, and you end up realizing that big time when you come back and you just. You know, the biggest culture shock for me was, was going back home to New Zealand. That was yeah. it. to the old life. Yeah. Yeah. It was not it was not going Same. in shitty huts of, of, of China or, or, or sleeping yeah. on bike in Mexico or anything like that, or eating crappy food in Kazakhstan. Um, you know, it wasn't any of that. It was literally the biggest shock was going back to Yeah, and I feel like Nobody, nobody really spoke about that. I, I, I don't no. remember anyone speaking about that when I was, you know, when I was 
doing the scene, the circuit before I went, I was going to like all the Horizons Unlimited meets and all the yeah. shows. You'd go and chat with people. I don't remember anyone mentioning like post trip blues and what yeah. life would be like when you come back, apart from one guy, this chap, this chap called Graham, who did a series yeah. called Brain Rotting. He was traveling through, he was traveling the Americas on a motorbike and he, he did an amazing series on YouTube called Brain Rotting. I think it's been taken down now because I, I think he, he was hoping to get a TV deal. So he took it all down and yeah. it doesn't look like it happened. It was fantastic. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember meeting him for a beer before I went and he was the only one that said to me, just be wary of what life will be like when you come back. Because he was fresh back and he was going through it. And it was just like, you know, you won't be the same. You'll be totally different. Just just remember, the biggest challenge is when you get home. I remember thinking, oh, don't be daft. Don't be daft going around the world on a sports bike. What can be more challenging than that? No, yeah, he was right. He was totally right. Yeah, he was right, yeah. So, yeah, you do get that. Okay then. So for you then, so you've you've moved back to the UK from New Zealand. What what where's life taking you now then? What what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, I mean, they, um, obviously, I needed to needed to go back. So I needed to come back. I needed to be in the, the scenes. You know, I need to be touching the bikes. I need to be planning travels. I need to be doing all of that. And um, yeah, and yeah, and so obviously, obviously. My old man Kevin Sanders, who and Julia, my stepmom, they 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 obviously world record holders as well. They run Globusters, so I started kind of come back and thought, well, okay, let's sort of get in the scene of that because I think after reaching, you know, I mean, still only thirty one, but obviously toured a little bit more to when I finished at five, and obviously realised that actually, and realised that actually, obviously with <clears throat> that whole world trip, let's move on to the next thing, which is. I've inspired people mm-hmm. to travel. There's four young people plus Ben King obviously on the on the outskirts uh, doing what he needs to do if yeah. he can make it. <laughs> and um, and then obviously then there's so they've done the inspiration. It's now time to almost like share the knowledge and help. So there's the inspiration, and now it's the taking with people. And that's the thing. So now it's like, well, how do I keep doing it? It's like, well, take people on tours and and utilize that. So now, obviously, it's doing the Globuster stuff um, and then still doing the influencer stuff. Um, I say that because, obviously, like I said, I never did it. I never thought it was a thing until, you know, a few years ago. Um, Do do you uh, find yourself like, I, I... I don't know why, but when someone goes, "Oh, you're an influencer," I sort of go, Ugh. "But 100%. we are, you, you, yeah, we are yeah, totally though. You are, aren't you?" And you're just like, "Yeah, I yeah, know, but I just don't want to be one of the one of those influencers." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's just. I feel like I feel like that we've got more. That I, this is going to sound really bad, and I don't mean I don't mean it to sound bad, but I feel like we've got more credibility because we've we've done stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So I don't. Don't don't tag me with that name, but then yeah. we we are, I suppose, totally we are. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, literally, like I said, it was what we were doing in the past. It was it, it, it was that title, so to speak. It just wasn't a title at the time, as now it is. So yeah, I mean, that's that's still a thing. But I mean, again, I still haven't I still haven't mastered the how these influencers get paid. Oh, mate, no, no. I don't know, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I mean, like, so, I, I, I sit there and, I, you know, like I'm wearing a Scotch shirt because obviously they give me a heck of a lot of free stuff. 
but they, they never open their wallet. No, <laughs> no, no, never. You always get a T-shirt or a sticker, yeah. don't you? I've sent you some stickers and a T-shirt. Thanks very much. How am I going to pay the mortgages, yeah. man? Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I don't, I don't need to buy any clothes. That's brilliant. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you get it? I get emails from companies all the time that want to that want to work together, and they're just like, "Oh no, we can't afford to pay anything, but you know, we could give you this and we can give you that." And I'm just like, yeah. you know, that yeah. that that's great, but a, I don't really know what that adds to to <laughs> to, to me, you like to to my my brand, and yeah. I don't really know what my community would get from it, mm-hmm. and b. Just uh, you know, <laughs> I've got bills to pay. You know, it's like exactly I'd, I'd, exactly. I'd rather spend my time on content that I know is going to at least get some views and yeah. and generate a little bit of income. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the thing because I mean, at the end of the day, people are going to be realistic. You got to pay your bills, and, and you got to you got to pay to travel. You got to put fuel. I mean, shit, the the, the cost of fuel now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to. You know, so and um and that's the thing, but that's. That's not my. Uh, that's not my fun thing. Influencing. That's why I always say influencing. <laughs> I'm exactly like you. I just like I cringe at it, so I get influenced. <laughs> Maybe we should take it back, mate. Maybe we should take the the influencer term back. We are yeah. the proper influencers. Yeah, and yeah Call yeah, the other yeah, one yeah. something else. Yeah, something else. Yeah, let's just call ourselves the OG or something. You know, the original. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know. So you're now doing tours with Globusters then? Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I mean, obviously, that's what I just came back from Iceland. Um, and then literally next week, yeah, next week, we're, well, week and a half, and then after we're doing a Moroccan tour. So then after oh, Morocco. Wow. Um, yeah, so I mean, social media, like, that's the UK all the way down, and you get all the way to Western Sahara and then back up. Yeah. Um, and then, Are yeah, you going so- into Western Sahara? Uh, not this time, I don't think. Usually we do, but then obviously going all the way around. So, yeah. but I mean, at the moment, I think these last two trips, um, I'm the support driver. I'm in the mm-hmm. van, so it's the tours they have, sort of like the leader, then the, the yeah. crew. You don't travel like a like a bus tour, like a bus. Tour. You don't. You ride your own rides. You know, there's nothing worse than having a tour. I think we just sort of like, yeah. Worse. Um, but hey, I'm not complaining because I, I still have a love affair. I have a secret love affair of four wheels as well as two wheels. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Those, those, those big four wheel drives, Land Rovers, van life thing, happy days. I'm, I'm in, I'm in my dreamland sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, so. I have, I have the wanderlust. It's come back with a vengeance. You know, for a few years after I came back, people would say to me, "What's next? Where are you going next?" And I was just yeah. like, Do "You know, I've, I've done it." You know, I, I in my head I was like, I've, I've done it. I've, I fulfilled. Yeah. I, I did. I did my life stream. I fulfilled yeah. the promise that I made my mom. I'm, nice. I'm done. So, I'm okay now. Let's just yeah. crack on with life. That's but the last, do you know what? I think it is since lockdown. Like yeah. since, since since we got locked down again, and I couldn't yeah. travel. Now I'm like, fuck! I need. I need to. <laughs> I need to get going. So I've just I've just done a couple of little tours in the UK, Wales, and up to Scotland. Idea. Yeah, and it's it has totally lit the fire. I'm just like, yeah. I, I did I did one to Romania actually in May, so I I rode by myself down to Slovenia and then met one of my sponsors down there, and then from there yeah. we went up into Romania. But just those three days, just yeah. me myself working my way through Europe, it was like, oh, I've missed this. <laughs> I've really yeah. missed because normally I've got a squad of people with me on a tour, and I was just like. Yeah. This is really nice, just being by yourself yeah. and going yeah. where the wind takes you. Yeah, like, oh, wind, yeah. I've missed it. Yeah. 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 No, the, so, the, 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 that's what I've noticed, actually. Like you said, the, the, 
people have got that bug. They've been locked down so much. Yeah. Um, and then they literally just, um, they want to get free and they want to, like, you know, I think the at the moment there's a Globus tour in Africa going, Nairobi to Cape Town, five weeks oh, more. Wow. Yeah, beautiful. All the way there, then you go across to Namibia and then south. And um, literally that tour there, I remember we do, we do like a pre-expedition meeting because these are long tours. You need to meet them and, you know, talk about visas and borders and yeah. all the rest of the stuff. And literally... I think I remember that. What was it? Half half the people, half the customers there, were either have already been to South Africa, were South Africa, got married or worked in like like went already done a trip in South Africa. So right. then it's like, well, why are you doing this trip then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was Skybuster's first big expedition trip since lockdown. Then why not? Because I've been locked up for like two years. So. Wow. So listen, like one guy said, oh, it's my third choice, but, you know, it's the first one. So, heck, why not? It was just like, <laughs> people are so hungry. Like you said, they end up getting the bite. They're like, well, well I'm not being locked up in my house anymore. I am getting out there and making yeah. use of life. Because two, as we've noticed, two years can go like that. Just that's, that's two years of our lives that is effectively just in the blink of an eye. You know, you almost brush over it, don't you? Yeah, well, nothing yeah. happened, so we'll just brush over that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's crazy. I, I've seen that. The, like, sorry, go yeah. on. Oh yeah, I was going to say, how was the electric bike? I saw that on the uh, on your on your on your on your thing, and I was quite intrigued with that because I'm really intrigued with the electric sort of motorcycle. The, the UK ride, the round the yeah, UK yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, It was it was hard. It was really really hard um physically and, and mentally i don't really know why because it didn't take that much longer than the 125 took and i i stopped loads like i was stopping every sort of 45 to 60 65 miles i was stopping to charge again so i'd have to stop for anywhere from 15 to 40 odd minutes depending on what the charger was and temperature yeah, and stuff yeah. um so I, I was getting a lot more rest than I normally do. Like norm, normally, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I literally, I, I don't, I don't stop on those rides. You just, I would sleep at the side of the bike as and when I needed sleep. So you'd, yes. you'd get a 10, 15 minute power kip, or you might stop for two hours if you needed two hours. Yes. So with the electric bike, I was getting a lot more little power power naps. But, yeah, but by day three, I remember by day three, I was just, i tell you when it was, I was coming back from John O'Groats and I yeah. was north of Inverness and I, it was in the middle of the night and I stopped at services expecting the services to be open so that I could get a coffee. But yeah. the shop was shut and the charger was open. So I just plugged the bike in to charge it up and I sat on the ground and fell asleep. But when I woke up, I was absolutely frozen. And like I'd, I'd numb legs, I couldn't stand up and I was like hallucinating. I, I thought all my mates were up there with me. I, I ended up having to crawl around the car park on my, like, my hands and my knees like with dead legs till I could get blood in my legs. And then eventually got back on the bike and was like, this is a bit stupid, this. <laughs> you know, like, you need you need you need a coffee and something warm to eat very quickly. So yeah, I just yeah. I got to Inverness and sort of thawed out and was just like, right, the next the next opportunity to to take a decent break, we're taking yes. a decent break. So I think I, I rode down to oh, north of Perth. I got to north of Perth yeah. and then I think I stopped at a petrol station there and yeah. I woke up, I literally sat on one of their benches and I woke up two and a half hours later. It was like, <laughs> it was so tough. Electric bikes is just charge and sleep, charge and sleep, charge and sleep. <laughs> that one was, yeah, yeah. I was, 
I've got I've got Alec from English Electric Motorcycles. He's coming on the podcast soon, actually, to to mm. chat through it all because there's yeah, yeah. there's lots of learning points for them and and for me that you know they want to chat about stuff and I want to chat about stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised because Energica just launched a new bike, a new one called the Xperia, ah, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like their touring electric bike. And it's really good. I did a review on it. It's got double the range that the the Rebelli has, the one that I took yeah. on the UK ride. And I just assumed that they would want to promote the Energica through yeah. this trip because no one's ever done it before. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, surely, surely that's the perfect vehicle for a touring bike to go around yeah. the UK as quick as yeah. you can. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't seem to prioritise it. And they were just like, no, nah, we haven't got any bikes available. So Alec... Who is he's not Energica, he's English Electric. He was like, yeah. Well, we can give you a Rebelli, or we you can you can have any of the bikes that we have here. And I just thought, well, I'll take yeah. the Rebelli because it's got the fastest charge and it has the second biggest range out of a lot of them. <laughs> so uh yeah, I took that. But it was, you know, if I'd taken the Xperia, well, rather than getting sort of 40 to 60 miles, I would have been getting 80 to 100 miles, maybe a little bit more. And I think it just would have transformed the whole thing. It wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been as um, almost farcical looking on social media. You know, I'm charging again, I'm charging again, I'm charging again. again. I know. (laughs) It's just just a big question mark, obviously, for the next sort of the... Mm. the what what's gonna be ahead kind of thing and that's yeah. you know, especially with the long way up thingy that happened yeah. with the Harley and uh yes yeah, it's, it's it's an it's an interesting topic and I I feel it's it's always it's keeping a close eye on it. It's and it's the infrastructure the infrastructure is good, you know, like mm-hmm. the, there's pretty much nowhere really where there isn't a charger. You know, like you're you're always within, I would say, twenty-five to thirty miles, twenty-five to forty miles of of some chargers wherever you go in the country. And some places it's it's a lot closer. Uh, But what I did notice was it's not set up for motorbikes. You know, they're set up for you to be in a car, sat in your car. Whereas for me for me, if it's pissing with rain, well I'm (laughs) I'm stood in the car park like that. You know, <laughs> I get wet then. There's no toilets. There's, there's no, nothing. There's no yeah. Oh, well, yeah, so long you don't do, um, I don't know if the, whoever has been to Iceland. Iceland's very green and they've got lots of charging points over there. Heck of a lot Have of they? Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're so cheap. And obviously, they've got like free power because it's all cheap. Iceland on electric. Yeah, Iceland on electric. <laughs> Iceland on electric. I'd say now. But literally, there was a, I'm going to call him Bob. Okay. Uh, there was a, a one of the customers and he rolled up to one of the gas gas stations. Okay, one of like the main they're called N ones over there. And it was all the pumps lined up, a whole load of them. And he rolls up and he's there and he's fiddling when he can't pay and he's got the hose and he's like, what the man, what the and then the tour guy comes up and he's like, What the hell are you doing? Uh, I mean, well, uh, what the hell are you doing, Bob? You know, oh, don't worry about like, swearing on this, mate. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, What the hell are you doing? He's like, he's like, I'm trying to finish. He's like, this is all for electric cars. And he's trying to put an electric in a GS. No! <laughs> Jesus! But it literally looks like a normal petrol station. It oh, was wow. like all lined up. And you even I, when I rolled up, I was like, oh, well, they look a bit weird, but they look like actual petrol stations. But the actual yeah, yeah. Is hidden behind it. And he just rolled up. 
Machine? Why did he do that? could have got interesting. And he's like, that's weird, wasn't it? And he's thinking, hey, where do I? He's trying to pay it. He's then thinking, what do I do? There's some tank. There is no food. Trying to put 120 kilowatts yeah, straight you know, into a gas tank. In, in, inside your tank. My gosh, where are you guys? <laughs> Don't recommend oh, that one. <laughs> no, no, definitely. That's um, interesting. I had no idea the the infrastructure was so big over in Iceland. Oh, oh, oh that's it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, right. I mean, it's, there is you. You're going to need something a bit more than uh, 40, 40 to forty miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some points, especially in the north and the east, where it's literally like isolated. I mean, there's some points where it's like uh, it's pushed to shove for fuel. Um, so let alone an electric, but they're, they're building, I mean, because they're so green, literally they have like recycling bins, they have, that. you know, you can drink your water, they literally, they don't like you buying bottles of water, they like to buy you one and you just top up from the tap. It's all free. Water, water's free there because the amount of yeah, yeah, waterfalls yeah. they have, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and they're all geothermal and all that sort of stuff. So they're very, very, very green. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? I think it's one of those places where, yeah, I, I, I've only been there the once, but I remember going and just thinking, "Oh, I think I could live here." But then the other part of you goes, mm, "What's it like the mm. other part? The other, yeah, the yeah, other the part winter. of the year?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's exactly the same. The sun shining, but yeah. I think, Jesus, it's not bad. I'd love to live here. That all those winters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called Iceland for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you see the big snow truck parked up, the sitting there, and the big massive things you like. I love it right dude how about we move on to how long have you got by the way I should have asked this right at the start Uh, as as long as you got I'm just going to refresh my uh, my thing yeah cool feel free time for a quick shout out to this week's sponsors who are Inov. Now, Inov specialise in motorcycle dash cam systems. You'll probably see the vids on uh, my channel. They've got the single camera, the C5. They've got dual camera, which are the K series, the K3 and the K5. K3 is 1080, K5 is 4K front, 1080 rear. Both uh, the K3 and K5 have an external mic, which you can even wire up into your helmet and vlog with if you want. Uh, If you look at my California Superbike School Day vids, the audio, the onboard audio is all via the Innov K5 system. They've also got uh, GPS tracking. They've got an external remote so you can lock footage as you go. They'll do that automatically anyway, should they detect any sudden movement. They've got parking modes on them. So when that's activated, even when your bike is left unattended and switched off, say at a bike calf or park it up in a town or something like that, if the bike moves at all, then it'll automatically kick in and it'll start recording. So hopefully you'll get that car that hits your bike or or anyone that does anything to your bike. As long as they're in front of those cameras, you'll capture them. Great system, folks. Um, invaluable in terms of any accidents for insurance because the first thing your insurance is going to ask is, is there CCTV or witnesses? And if you have one of these in of systems fitted, then you're covered. Providing you're in the right, you're totally covered. Well worth getting, folks. Head to uh, the link down below. I've got the Inov UK website link down below. So if you're listening to the show notes, check that out. If you're watching the vid, have a look 
look in the description. It is a referral link. It just lets Inov know you've come from me, which helps me massively in terms of the sponsorship. It shows them they're getting bang for their buck. If you use the code TEAPOT, T-E-A-P-O-T, then you'll get, uh, I think it's 5% off any of the Inov cameras. And if you use the link to the Techologic website, they are the one that do like the DC1 and XV1 helmet cameras. If you use the code TEAPOT, you'll get 5% off them as well. So a huge thank you to Inov for all their support. We are also sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Ultimate Add-ons, they specialize in uh, mobile phone and action camera mounting solutions for bikes, for push bikes, that sort of stuff. They provide dustproof, uh, drop-proof, really rugged cases for your phones, as well as a multitude of different mounting solutions for those phone cases and action cameras, things like GoPros, DJIs, all that sort of stuff, Insta360s. Great bits of kit, folk. folk. The great bits of kit, folks, even when your phone is inside one of these cases, uh, you can still use the phone, you can still use the cameras, obviously, as long as you keep the lens and everything clean. Great things, folks. I have never had any issues with vibration affecting my phone's camera when I use the Ultimate Add-on systems. I use the Helix strap mount. It's basically like a ratchet strap, really easy to fit. I can fit it to almost any bike I've ever taken out for a review. Great bits of kit. If you head to ultimateaddons.com and if you use the code TPOT110, so TPOT1 with the number 10 at the end, then you will get 10% off their range. Massive thanks to Ultimate Adults. So I'm drinking my Rises New Zealand. Uh, I'm drinking my New Zealand uh, wine. Good lad. A little bit, a little bit from home, you know. Obviously. That's yeah. it. Fly the flag. Yeah, exactly. Fly the flag as best as I can. So, so am I. Look, I've got Brewdog. Yeah, there you go. You find the flag. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we'll start working our way through questions then. So yeah, we'll head to uh, Patreon first, the clan, which is patreon.com forward slash tpot1. Mm -hmm. First one, Lee Vigar. Ah, I think you know Lee, haven't you? You've, you've worked with Lee at Triumph. Yes, Hello to yes. both. Hope you're well. Having worked and ridden with... There we go. Having worked and ridden with mm -hmm. Reese, I know he has some amazing stories about his adventures, but what was the most amazing experience of kindness you've both experienced on your travels? Is the way sort of doesn't I mean, everyone's sort of most kind one. Do you do you have one that pops out in your head? I mean, that's, there's. I mean, there, there were so many, but one that really mm -hmm. sticks out was was um, an Aussie chap called Pete who who lives in Japan with his Japanese wife and 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 kids, and mm -hmm. and I. I happened to crash my bike one day when I was out in the mountains with some friends of his, and um, I smashed the bike up good and proper. It's all on YouTube. And mm -hmm. Pete came to my rescue, and he came, picked me and the bike up, put the bike in the back of his van, and he yeah. said, don't worry about it. We'll get this all fixed up. And he took me back to his house, and I lived with him and his family for three to four weeks, and he... He wow. like, literally, as well as you know, his family yeah. life and his job, yeah. he he walked me through getting all the parts that I needed because I I didn't have and still don't have a clue about mechanics on a bike. You know, I can just about do the chain. I don't even have that anymore in the GS. And then you know, he told me what parts to buy, and he found the parts for me, and and then he helped me basically dismantle the bike and then rebuild it. He he wow. basically rebuilt it. So yeah. it was just. 
I learned a lot of things from Pete. You know, it's just his mm. his open <clears throat> his openness to anybody and things like when we were out driving in his truck, going to get parts and going from places to places. If he ever <laughs> saw anyone stopped at the side of the road, whether it's in a bike, in a car, or a truck, he stopped. And he'd get out and he'd be like, all right, mate, how you doing? You know, everything okay? Obviously in Japanese, he he spoke from Japanese. And I just remember thinking, this this geezer's such a nice bloke. You know, he's a really, (laughs) really nice fella. And so is his whole family. So it's it's, it's something I sort of try to do myself now, you know, make Mm. sure people are all right the side of the road and just offer help whenever... Whenever you think someone needs it, that's brilliant. Well, well hats on to him, mate. That's a, that's, I'm cheering to him. He's, uh, he's yeah. cheers, Pete. Yeah. But, um, what about yourself? Yeah, the to be honest, I, I had so many people, even from the smallest of things to literally. I mean, I had a random guy in, in Nicaragua riding me, a bunch of Triumph guys back in then, and, and a Nicaragua guy. He literally just he paid for my tank of fuel, and he, he didn't know a word of English, didn't know anything from there to even just the random Argentinian trucker, I can't, and it's a sin. I don't know their name. I don't remember their names. But like the Argentinian trucker, I ran out of fuel on the route of forty on the way down to El Calafate. Mm-hmm. I was fourteen miles short of El Calafate. Now, well, before that, I actually rolled up to the gas station, but they had no fuel, and I never remembered overtaking a tanker. And then I was trying to say, "Is there a tanker from the south?" And they just want to have a siesta, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manana, manana. <laughs> yeah, manana. And I was like, well, if I stay here and just wait for fuel or I try to get to Alcon, and I was like, if I go sit here, uh, 20, 30 miles an hour, we'll streamline it. Just, just me. And I didn't. I was 14 miles short. That's <laughs> oh. bad mass out of me. And <laughs> um, and literally, I ended up, and there was no one at that time on, that, on those open plains down there. And I had to push the bike four miles. Oh, Jesus Christ. Pushed it four miles. And, you know, that's I mean, a big bike to be pushing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Off road as well. Why, yeah. I mean, literally, that's why I was like, I was always, that's why I always tell people to travel light now because I was, <laughs> I, I did travel pretty light compared to somebody that I was just like, like, because literally when I was down here, I was like, down the hill, get in. So, like, right, oh. Push it, push it, push it until a trucker came. And then he finally pulled up and then he was, he was carrying cars. And then we moved all the cars, and then we sort of him and his mate, me, sort of lifted the bike and then put it into the slot cars. And then he took me to El Calafate, and then jeez, and have to push because like, I said, "Well, I can stay here, or I just get on with it and just mm-hmm. make my way to El Calafate." And then four miles I got picked up. So I mean, from courtesy from that man, I mean. Probably won't be listening to this, but, <laughs> but, but you might be. Who knows? You never know, mate. Do you? you never know the rich? The, the little, trucker, little trucker in, in Argentina. Who knows? But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I had so many little stories like that, and I can I could be here all night just sharing lots and lots of new stories. But that that goes from what we said, wasn't it? Was that the, the overwhelming lesson you learn from from overland travel is that people are nice, people are good. Hundred percent. 100%. Because th- there is no end of 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 kindness stories like that, Lee. Honestly, it's like anyone that's um, anyone that's not travelled doesn't really compute any of that, do they? You know, it's like no, hundred percent. They're not exposed when, to different cultures or lives or no. languages or anything like that. That's the thing. 
And you know when you when you give a presentation, you give a talk about your travels and stuff, and you mm. talk about just random strangers coming up and, and offering you like a, a place yeah. for the night, come home with me and do blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. And, and you say, Oh yeah, I followed these people. Like for me, I remember in Russia, I, I remember following a geezer from a petrol station who didn't speak any English. I followed him into into the woods, like literally yeah. into the woods in Russia, to a, like yeah. a wooden shack with the with the smoke coming out the chimney yeah. gone in, and yeah. his, his missus is in there and she doesn't yeah. speak speak English and I spent yes. the night and they fed me and I slept on like yeah. on a on a bench in their in their hut mm. and in the morning it was you know bye bye ta da yeah. I don't speak yeah. Russian they don't speak English but you get by don't you but you give yeah. stories like that and people just look at you and, like an abject horror it's like but they they could have killed you. They could have done anything. Like, <laughs> they they, they could have, but they wouldn't. Like, most people are decent. You just got to go with it. I am honestly, ev- everyone just has that helping hand, especially out there. I mean, that's the uh, you know. Uh, I, I got to tell one of the be- well, one of the best stories ever of my trip. I think is one of the hardest days of my trip, and out of the hardest day came the. Probably the best night ever. I mean, in Chile and Argentina, there's Catatel Strau, and there's a big lake called Catatel Strau. And you go around mm-hmm. the river, and I said, like, you go over. And I didn't see the weather and went over, and there's a big weather storm. There was landslides, trees falling over, mud slabs, you know, cliff drops. All sorts. It was one of the hardest days. I got halfway through and thought, if I keep going, I'm going to die. But it's just like, it's just thunder, rain. I went through some mud puddles. I'm all over the place, sort of, uh, I, just, I need to turn around. Did the maths. Don't have enough fuel to turn around. I need to keep on going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going. So went up these hills and all this sort of stuff. One four by four was already off the cliff. Jeez, like, I get through. Finally, managed to get through in the end. And then get to the small little town. I'm going like nine, ten o'clock in the evening. This little sign on the This old lady. She's probably, I don't know, 100 years old. She's probably no juice, she's probably passed down. But she's literally old. Not a word of English, only Spanish. So I'm there. Oh, una habitación, you know, and quits and power and mud and wet. She's oh, on. And literally, she's moto. She put the moto, put the motorbike in the chicken sheds and other shelters. So all the chickens are running around. And by the morning, they are shipping. Everywhere, all of my bias. And this one, go, I go inside their house, a little hut, literally a little house. Where to go? Spanish TV. There's interesting pictures of it. She starts take, helps taking my gear off, right? Take my gear off. <laughs> on the seat by the warm burner. There's me a town. She tells me where the bar. I go in. I tell you now, no six star hotel can ever be. Like that experience of that high school that shower was the best. Yeah. Best shower. And then I went down, she had blankets, I'd sat there and then actually she sat there knitting away, watching some Spanish little crap on TV. And I just sat there with a warm drink, blanket around me, and then to the kitchen. She came out with one of those chickens. And she's like, what? And the next minute I'm there and both of us, me and this old lady, is sitting there watching some crap Chinese uh, Japanese, uh, Spanish and I'm eating chicken and chips. <laughs> best meal ever. The best meal ever. And literally, and, uh, I mean, you probably say I'm covered in ink, but I mean, like, literally there's a part of me which is literally a bike in Catatel Street that was one of the most memorable days. And really? From that lady... From that lady, she was 
another person who gave a helping hand in in no word of English, but gave me the best night. Awesome. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Lee's got a second question. Mm. You're stuck in a lift full of people and you really need to fart. Do you hold mm. it or let it go? <laughs> I'm a holding guy. I'm a yeah, holding me too. Guy. Yeah, I'm let, a holding unless it's, if it's people I know, then they're getting it. Both bars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's not, then no, no, I'm going to hold it. Definitely. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to hold it. I'm definitely going to. To be fair, I'm not gassing that much. Eh? I've, I've been gifted. Are you that. not? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of hot air. So my yeah, wife yeah, can yeah. sell me. Yeah. That's right. If you've heard my old man, he's he, he gets all the gas for me, man. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one. Cheers for that, Lee. Thanks very much for the question, pal. Next Lee, one, Charlie Callard. Evening, gents. Hope you're both fitting well. Question one. If you could go and meet one person from your travels, who would it be and why? One person from our travels. Oh, my God. Only one. Uh, wow. um, I, I've got one, but it's a bit humorous and, and a bit of a story. Um, um, and well, I'm, I'm, since I'm single as well, it means uh, I'm not going to have any girlfriend or wife. So I'm probably the Colombian woman I met, and I ended up living with her for a week. <laughs> Colombian women are yeah. something else. My gosh, aren't they? <laughs> oh um, my god. Western women could learn a thing or two about them. <laughs> they literally, I mean, I literally, I, I was meant to be in Columbia for about two and a half months. I was there for two and a half, uh, sorry, two and a half weeks. I was meant, I was there for two and a half months. Um, <laughs> and literally, I spent a whole week um, just with this, again, a name, a terrible name, Maria, I apologize. But literally, she's there. I would love to go meet her again because she was good fun. <laughs> Yeah, she had a little she had a house on the beach, literally palm trees. Everything was oh wow, was eggs in the morning. Like it was just yeah, I didn't want to continue. <laughs> My world changed. I, I, I got I got proposed to by a woman in Colombia. No. She was a, she was gorgeous. She was amazing. Yeah, oh. I I I pulled into a petrol station, and you know there some of the petrol stations they have the woman the woman do all the the servant yes. of the fuel yes. and, and yes. Yes. on this one it was like a Benny Hill sketch one was like dolled up in like mechanic overalls but open like now. that <laughs> then then there was like the school teacher one there was all sorts but anyway, I've gone in and, and the mechanic lady came over to, to to fill my tank, said something in Spanish, and I was like, oh, no hablo español, um, uh, poco, poco español. Is that English? Do you speak English? And she said, oh, you're English? And I was like, oh, well, Scotland. I'm from Scotland. And she was like, oh, Scotlandia. And she shouted, she shouted this name, like, let's just say it's, it's um, I don't know, Maria, or like you just said. Let's just yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. Maria. I can't remember the lady's name. But yeah. she shouted this name and this absolutely gorgeous big like five foot ten dark haired secretary type woman came out with a short skirt stockings high heels business suit came out and she just came over like this you know and this lady said something to her in spanish and she just looked at me and she went speak to me say something like that and i was like hello how are you and she was just like oh and she kicked her leg facing me she just kicked her leg straight over the tank sat on the tank and she was just like marry me take me away like that. 
So, so I started a bike and we just, we did like a quick circuit around the block, came back oh. in and she just loved, you know, she loved it. She was shouting and laughing, having a great time. Oh my oh, God. It was great. I remember just thinking, I don't, I don't, I don't want to carry on with my journey here. I could quite happily stay. <laughs> oh, awesome. I don't know if that answers the question, but you know, but there you go. <laughs> so you're going back to Colombia, and I might yeah. I might carry your bags for you. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. If Mrs. Teapot is listening, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah, here. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Question two: Takeaway: Chinese or Indian? Chinese. Are you? Yeah, I, I used to be Chinese, but I, I'm quite like an Indian these days. I quite like a little mm. bit of spice now. I love mm. spice. However, I've said that so quickly. I love Chinese food. However, I've noticed Chinese takeaway is not the same as actual Chinese food in China. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, you went to China, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. And 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 China blew me away from the actual the food that they have and the, 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 the spice, the flavors. It's nothing compared to actually what you get down in your local Chinese mm. store. Uh, your sweet and sour sauce and little sort of things. You don't get that. You know? it's, it's, it's out of this world. Um so yeah, you've got to select a very few, like literally wherever the Chinese, local Chinese people go into town, go where they go. Go there. And that's where, yeah, yeah. Don't have the, the those sort of Chinese takeaways. That's not actual Chinese. I can tell you that straight away. When when you went to China, you you did the, um, well, officially you have to have like an official guide now, don't you, when you go in yeah. there. Yeah. So what most people do, folks, is um, you can get on various different sort of forums, Horizons Unlimited on the hub, all these sorts of things, and you can say, right, you know, I'm planning on being in China, these sort of dates, is there anyone there? Because whether there's one of you or was it like you say there's 20 of you, yeah, yeah. You, you you can you can split the cost of a guide between the big group. So obviously it makes sense to do it with other people. Yeah. So it's it's cheaper then. Um, and that's what you did, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because that's like you say, that's the only way to get into China because uh, the Chinese government works with the Chinese tourism board and obviously the guides are there um as you say you need a chinese guide you need them in a vehicle all the hotels need to be pre-booked mm. you know, all that sort of stuff so that and also they need to know the exact date that you are arriving and you need to arrive on that date of the border um so yes yeah, so logistically it can be a nightmare if you're just wanting just a cruise you just want, yeah. don't want to then you can't go through china right? but you need if you want to go through china it's worth it well they're still shut at the moment, obviously, with COVID, but pre-COVID, obviously. Um, literally, yeah, you need a group, um, and that's what I did, obviously, went with obviously, the group to go across and then left them and then went on to Bangkok from there. So, nice. yeah, China, I mean, unbelievable place. I mean, it's, it's out of screw space travel. Just go to China. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like you've been dropped from Earth and then got into a complete different planet. I mean, it's... You know, what's your most memorable memory from China then? After the food, probably the infrastructure. The, the infrastructure. This is back in 14. Um, literally, I mean, I went through a city, now a city. So they're how they, because they, the land mess and how they do it, it's literally I went through a town and just imagine a walking dead is on Bocklitzville, where it's literally, I mean, outskirts. And when I say town, I mean, I'm looking at big, City with high rise building, but it's all empty. The odd crane, the odd dig of climbing bars. And I'm going through the streets, and I'm just like, Hello? 
Like, like what? I'm literally waiting for zombies to yeah, yeah. out at me. Like, and then, and then I asked the guy, "Who does he need a guide?" So we called him John. His name wasn't John. <laughs> we just called him John. And uh, <laughs> um, and literally asked Johnny, he goes, "Oh, that's a city that's going to be populated next month." So literally, they build the city rather than build around the city. If they have the land mass, all they do is just build the city from the ground up. So they build the transport, the factories on the outside, then they build the infrastructure, the motorways, the ring motors, then the tower buildings and the apartments. And then they say to the people next, right, we're going to move there because obviously it's a communist government. So then they mm-hmm. say, right, move there and we give you, uh, you know, they, they, they give them an incentive. And they, apparently they say, right, you go move there, da, da, da. But then they move too many people into a new city and boom, they've decreased that. And boom, that's a city. I swear you, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, wow. Not, yeah, like even from the train station. I went through a train station, which is so futuristic, it's beyond belief. I mean, I looked at it and it looked like a sci-fi movie. And who was in it? Just us. <laughs> it was like, where is everyone? But listen, like, it was clean, crisp, white marble, bullet trains like anything. Like all the ceiling was made of this weird stuff where you just see it in sight. They build all this stuff. It's just, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did South Korea, and I remember. I remember being in Seoul. I, I went all around South Korea. My dad. My dad was living down in the south at the time, mm. and I, I went to Seoul at one point. And I remember feeling like Seoul was how I expected Japan to be. You know, yeah. like. Yeah. Like Korea to me was digital, whereas Japan was analog. It's like Japan was in the eighties, oh, and yeah, Korea yeah. was was up to date. You know, it was, <laughs> it, here we are. Let's get going with it. But yeah, I, I imagine China is just taking things to a whole new level. I would love to go. I would love to go yeah. and see with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah, you got to see it with your eyes because it's very. What people don't realize as well is it's because of the sheer vast size of it. <clears throat> Is different in different areas. Mm. So obviously, the West is where it came from, like a rubber sheet. That's the Northern Silk Road. So that's way back, you know, from Marco Polo. Camp like across the Silk Road. So that's very old and rural. That's rural, like the um, obviously the issue, the political issues at the moment with the. Uh, Your audio that. disappeared there, mate. We didn't, oh, we didn't um, hear what you said. No, that's in the West. There's is is all part of the um the political issues with the uh the Muslim uh, yeah, yeah, Uyghurs, yeah. Uyghurs, I think they're called, or Uyghurs or something. There, so mm. obviously that's all in the West, which you never realise, but it's all old and rural sort of Chinese. Then you have the big populated area of China, which is like Beijing and all in Chengdu mm. and all that, the touristy area. That's all the big city. And then you've got what I call the Wild West of China. That's the South. That's where literally it's rough and ready. Roses are broken up. That's where they eat dogs. They don't eat dogs anywhere else. It's only in the Do South. They not? Yeah, they, they they don't. They have them pets in Beijing. That's not a, a thing. They oh, made right. the black markets, but it's only in the South that they do because it's that, that's where they eat literally anything. Oh. Um, that's where you know. So that's where you know, like supposedly the COVID came from, you know, and all that. It's all that southern part, which is wild, wild to the west. I call it the wild west of China. So there's three different areas. That's the best way I can describe it. Right. But yeah, I definitely recommend it when once they open. I can't wait for it to open so go back. Go back. Uh, will, yeah. you, will you go back with Globebusters on a on a tour yeah. there? Or, yeah, yeah, because we run a we run a London to Beijing. Yeah. Um, all the way down to Tibet, the Tibetan Highway, and then back to Beijing. 
And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's three months. And that's the, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to be there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, their tours just look amazing. <laughs> just sensational. The tours are unbelievable. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, cheers for that one, Charlie. Nice one. Good question, cheers, Paul. Charlie. Cheers, Charlie. Next one, Paul Foster. Hope you're both well. It was a really interesting presentation he put in at the bike stop earlier in the year. My question is, can he still click his heels together? <laughs> is that because I'm 31? Yes, I can still do that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 61. <laughs> we, should, we should explain here, folks, if you're not aware, Reese's yeah. sort of trademark when he was doing the, the world. And it, is it still, is that still your trademark it's, it's now? Still, yeah, I, I did it in Iceland as well. Yeah, I, yeah, we I, still, I can still do it. I can still do it. <laughs> you'll see, if you go on to his, uh, I'll put links down below, folks. So if you listen to the podcast, check out the show notes. If you're watching the YouTube vid, then I'll probably put a picture up now so you can see. Um, but that is his trademark. It's basically, he jumps up in the air and clicks his heels together. Yeah, which he's basically all over the world. It's basically if you've ever watched, uh, you know, Billy Elliot. Um, so basically, Billy Elliot he does it walking down the streets, and so he yep. does it. Great. And then I was in actually in China with this uh, Thai lady, <laughs> and then she, I was doing it off the uh, the wall, uh, the city wall of Shan. And then basically, she was like, oh, "Do it higher, do it higher, do it higher." And I was like, "Okay, do it higher," and managed to get a photo. And I was like, oh, "That looks pretty cool." And so then, obviously, that's how that developed. So yeah, and then, yeah, and then people were kind of like, ah. So then I was like, you know, one of those little quirks of doing yeah. the world, and yeah, there you go. But again, cool. there you go. That's your marketing brain, isn't it? That's that is your brain. marketing brain. It somehow works. Out of yeah, all yeah, the things, yeah. that works. And that that's. I literally went to a talk once. Um, I think it was even even ABR. I was chatting, and then at the end, I did my little foot tap, and then some guy came up and said. I didn't know who you were until you did the foot tap. And I was like, oh, and you're the guy who did the foot tap around the world. <laughs> I was like, my thank you, my thank you. Yeah, that's me. No, never mind, yeah, that's, never that's mind the 70 odd countries, 50 odd no, thousand miles. Didn't know don't, don't worry about as that. soon as I did the foot tap, he was just like, you're the guy who did the foot tap around the world. And I was like, yeah, that's literally all I did. <laughs> yeah, that is me. That's all I have for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said, ride safe, both of you. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for that, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Harley, how's it, guys? Do you think psychic abilities exist? I love these questions. Awesome. Right. Psychic abilities. Um, almost in a way of, I would say almost in a way of, what's the word, telepathic ways almost? Not psychic abilities, but like senses within connections, I would say. Mm -hmm. So i.e. mother-daughter, father-son, mm -hmm. those sort of things. Uh, 100%, I think so. You know, like they say, like we're twins, don't they? they yeah. Like somehow have a sense of something, or, or you get shivers, you know, you get goosebumps, and you get, you know, something happens. That 100% psychic powers. I'm going to say no. Do you believe, do you believe in? All, all of that then, all the mumbo jumbo. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in life after death? Do you believe in anything no. like that? No, I do not. Do you know? No, I don't. I've never had any experience of being touched on a foot by uh, when sleeping or, or anything <laughs> like that. So, so I'm a man who believes when he sees. So, uh, yeah. So once I, if I see it, then I believe it, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I've, so, I've, so, so. I've covered this umpteen times in in the podcast, actually, and uh, I, I, I have a story where I, I oh. saw something that I, I can't explain. I saw, I saw two guys 
once in a in a previous job, I used to I was a, a bouncer in Glasgow before I, I joined the police, and uh, mm-hmm. I, one night I was going down a back fire exit, you know, totally bricked in. Yeah. There's no other way either from the way in the top where I've come from inside the club, and then there's a a door right at the very bottom that led out to a back car park, and okay. that is this is at the start of my shift, so that that door at the bottom of the stairs is padlocked shut with a lump of four by two, a big chain and a padlock padlocked from the inside. So nobody can get in. Oh, there's my dog come to say hello. Uh, No one can get in. And I've come from the top of the the stairs inside the club and I'm walking down the stairs and halfway down the stairs, these two guys just sort of came walking uh, along the landing and started to come up the stairs towards me. And I was just like, all right, guys, who are you? Where have you come from? And at that point, yeah. well, I shouted at them because I was, I was, I was shitting myself to be perfectly honest. Like, where the fuck have you come from? <laughs> and uh, so, one of my mates inside the club, another bouncer, heard heard me shouting, and um, I said to him, "Get down here! There's two geezers down here." So he came. Yeah. I turned around, and the guys had gone. So we ran all the way down the stairs. Yeah. And these are just narrow stairs. You know, they're about six to eight feet wide. Totally bricked in, all the way, no, no windows, nothing. And uh, we get to the bottom and it's all padlocked, chained shut at the bottom, still secure. So I'm just like, I, I don't understand any of this. And then later that night, um, we, we were out on the door and the manager came down and this other guy said to the manager, he's like, you might want to watch a big man tonight. I think he's been smoking something. So he told him the story and the manager was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, those two. He said, yeah, cleaners see them all the time. This, you know, this place is full of them. And proceeded to tell me all these different stories that the cleaners had told him about people that they'd seen. And, um, you know, I just, I can't explain it. And then later in life, you know, my mom, my mom used to say she saw, before she died, she used to say she saw like a, brothers and sisters who'd passed yeah. they would just they would yeah. just come to her you know sit in her in her room she'd wake up yeah, and they'd just be yeah. stood at the end of her bed and i used to think yeah um, you know <laughs> yeah. My, my mom was my mom was fighting cancer for a long time and i just thought you know whatever whatever you need to believe to help you uh, yeah, through, through it yeah and then joining in the old bill I ended up working in Downing Street and diplomatic protection and the amount of guys after I told them my story about what I saw, yeah. I had loads of geezers coming up saying they'd seen there's there's a little girl in Downing Street, a wee girl ghost. She's like yeah. five, six years old, and she sort of hangs around one of the, the stairs that takes you down to the bottom canteen on under Downing Street. Yeah. And the amount of guys that were just like, Yeah, yeah, well, you know, they'd go to get a drink from the drink the vending machine and they'd come back yeah. and they'd just be like, Oh yeah, you know, such and such the, the lassie was there, the wee girl was there again. Just blase. And I was like, oh, What are you talking about, wee girl? And they told me the story. Like, <laughs> you they're pulling my chain here. But the there was loads of stories. There's yeah, there's probably, there's lots. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, there, there is. It's, it's like I said. It's one of these things. I think if you see it, as soon as you see it, as soon mm. as you know, then you're kind of like, okay. And yeah, I mean, I haven't had that experience yet. Yeah, so I, just, I can't, can't explain it, and I, yeah. I just I don't know what to think. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's I do good. think as I've got older, as I've got older, I've definitely I've gone from being somebody who is very logical very black and white about everything yeah. and you know that's just that's just the way things are we're we're just we're just a bunch of cells through a freak of freak of nature mm-hmm. freak occurrence we've combined we now exist you live you die mm-hmm. end off i've gone from mm-hmm. that sort of mentality to yeah. i think 
I think I've become a lot more spiritual now. And I kind okay. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm open to a lot more mm-hmm. things now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there is. I don't know if there isn't. But I think I'm more to open to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as the, <clears throat> I think especially when you travel, you see different things in different aspects. Mm. Like one thing I've definitely seen is, like, even coming from back from Iceland, the sheer mountains and, and yeah. the, the, the mother nature. I always, be, you know, I, I wouldn't believe in one God, like one person. I believe in a multiple of, of like, I believe in mother nature more than anything. You just yeah. look at how powerful she is. You know, there's yeah. all going off. There's things, like you said, out of our control. We can't control that. We can't no. control what mother nature. Like, listen, we went on a, a, a little boat trip. Mm. Uh, to go see whales, um, whale diving, whale watching, and she's telling us about these mountains. She goes, whenever you see these mountains with like a square top, like a square top, and they've got frigates in the middle, that used to be a glacier, and over time, over the thousands of years, that's melted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so she goes, and I was like, so how old would that be? And she's like, oh, that'll be way before ours. And I was like, so suddenly I sit there and think, so even like, okay. Not trying to open too much of the problem, but obviously, even if we weren't here, global warming or not, if we weren't here, the glaciers will still melt and they'll still freeze and they'll still yeah. melt and they'll still yeah. freeze. Like literally, we were on this boat and then she says, Yes, all this was glacier hundreds of thousands of years ago and now it's all melted and now we're in the water of the glacier and the fjords and all this sort of stuff. And then ever since you go around, you ride around Iceland, you see so there's another one. So that used to be. Mm-hmm. Now it's all melted, and now it's all, and that's just hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you sit there and you almost think so there's something far more powerful. I always believe in, I believe in the mountains and then the, the mother nature. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. But I mean, it, it, the world is cyclical in nature, isn't it? You you look at the Sahara mm-hmm. Desert. Well, that was an ocean at one point. The Sahara yeah. Desert was ocean, yeah. and and then it was then it was a deep forest, and now it's it's a desert. And yeah. who's to say that in 300,000 years time it's not an ocean again who knows like who knows? i mean you look you, you look at chernobyl i mean chernobyl was apparently one of the most toxic things obviously a human can create but now there's there's photos of deers and birds and trees and and foreign nature is taking over again yeah yeah that area and it's rebirthing and it's yeah. like so the most toxic thing a human can create is actually being still overtaken by nature in itself. She works in a in a longer period mm. of time. Whereas obviously we only live what in a human span, luckily eighty years, hopefully, yeah. you know, on average. Um in, in our short time span over a period of time, Mother Nature's in a in a long period. So, we saw that in lockdown, didn't we? When when everyone was locked down, like yeah. all the animals yeah. that were reclaiming the streets and all the cities. Yeah. It was that phenomenal, wasn't it? Have you seen that David Attenborough show on? Uh, I think it was on Apple TV. The uh, it was, I don't even have Apple TV. I think it was one of the times I was bored and did the free trial thing. Yeah, and then I watched uh, the David Attenborough one. That's really good. It's it's one about the lockdown and the animals. And so when it was all in lockdown, there was actually a bunch of David Attenborough's film crew, and actually were the ones that were sort of went out and actually filmed and documented. The whole lockdown and all the animals definitely yeah. recommend. Yeah. Oh, I'll have yeah, to check that out. I've not seen yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, definitely recommend mm. it. So. 
that I think I think this whole psychic ghost and the meaning of life and everything that is a conversation oh, for, yeah, a, that's for a for a beer <laughs> for a beer a fire around a campsite somewhere and deep. and may, and maybe maybe some other things yeah yeah definitely <laughs> see you the next the next adventure meet definitely love it love it Love it. Uh, right, last one. Cheers for that, Harley. Last one from uh, Patreon, and this one is Michael Heaton. Cheers, Michael. <laughs> Something that has bugged me for at least a few minutes. Why Why do ghosts only appear at night? Are they afraid of the daytime? <laughs> also, if you could teleport anywhere at all right now, where would you go? <laughs> right. Uh... I don't think the first one's a question. Just I did, yeah, that's, that, that was a bit of a trick question. Was, uh, teleportation, uh, where would you go? Uh, but it's a valid point. That, that, that is a valid point, actually. That's a very valid one on a daytime, maybe because of the shadow. Well, more shit is no. Anyway, that's that's again, that's the fire. <laughs> thinking, that's, the, that's, that's around the fire. Campfire, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, teleportation. Uh, where would you go? I think Columbia again. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a while, Reese. It's been yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, um, oh dear. Uh, yeah, it's going to have to be. I'm not, actually, I'm going to have to say it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be China, Colombia, or Argentina. I'm going to throw three out there just because. No, at all. Right now, no teleport. Does that mean? At this current moment in time, or are we talking going back or forward in time as well? Ooh, ooh. going back in time. My mm. gosh. That adds a different angle to it. That adds a huge angle to it because obviously you want to go back in time and change something. That's the thing. But then if you change yeah. something past, then you may not be who you are today because it might not even exist. Past- yeah, everything you've done in the past has led you to who you are today or where you are and what you're doing. Like you say, yeah. you, you could not be alive if you did something else. Yeah. Yeah, so, so would I teleport back in time? No. It's, it would be nice to, to maybe view things. You know, like in those TVs or virtual alleys, just sit yeah. back and watch my life back in the day. Like, ah, those are the good old days. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I, would, I would like to go back to like prehistoric times and and as it, just to just to look, I don't want to be there on the ground with the blooming yeah, town on us or everything eating yeah. you and stuff around about you. But just have a quick look at it. Oh, wow, this is yeah. good. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I'd, yeah. and the Egyptian. T- I'd love to go back to the Egyptian times and see what Ooh. actually was going on. What yeah. what what was going on back there? Like, how the hell did they do what they did, and why yeah, did they do what they did? Yeah, to be able to go back and then sort of come back again and yeah. not stay there. Yeah, yeah. Just I, be a fly I, on the wall. Yeah, fly on the wall kind of thing. Yeah, I'd love to go back to World War Two time and just see how it was like. You know, just see the the because that's as close to us as now. Mm. Still quite far. You know, you go back, have a look, see what actual life was like. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because all our grandparents were living through those times, weren't they? Exactly. So then you have a better understanding of where yeah. we come out. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right, so yeah. if we're not talking time travel, and I could just teleport. Where would I go right now? Mm. Um, do you know what I would? Hmm. I really like my time in Japan, so I'd yeah. love to. I'd love to go back to Japan, but oh wow! Do you know, like Africa, Africa still got me because I've 
I feel I, I gave up. I feel like it beat me. So I want to. You really want, want to give it some. You want to I give want, it some. I want to go back and I want to sort That's of conquer my demons and and yeah. and travel more in Africa. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah, haven't, so, yeah, so that's that's on your list to do then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it is. There's, there's unfinished business there. Right? There's unfinished yeah. business. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's gonna be called. That's gonna be called. At some point, at some point, <laughs> at some point, at some point, <laughs> definitely. Right, cool. That is all the Patreon questions. Thank you very much to all the clan members for leaving them. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've got time, mate, we can fire over onto Instagram. Exactly, mate, exactly. And should I turn my light on as well? I've only just seen my screen. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit dark, dark it? It's a bit dark, really. No worries. Me again, folks. Just another shout out for this week's sponsors, who are the Influencer Store. The Influencer Store helps you build your brand, big or small, providing you with a solution and apparel. We help you to increase your fan base while supporting you with starting your own influencer clothing line with nothing more than just an idea or design. And there are no hidden costs. For more info, come check us out at theinfluencerstore.co.uk or drop us an email or drop us an email at online at influencerstore.co.uk for more information. And now if you've got any of my merch over at teapot1.com, all of that is handed by Roger and Charlotte over at the Influencer Store. Really good quality. It's British made. That's why I've gone with them. So a huge thanks to the Influencer Store. Lastly, folks, this is just one from me. It's a massive shout out to each and every one of you who's listened to the podcast, each and every one of you that watches the vids, both here and across on the main Teapot One channel. Thank you very much for all your support. Thank you very much for engaging in the comments, uh, liking and sharing the social media stuff, liking and sharing the vids. Sharing vids is a huge thing really is you've got no idea how much that helps you bump you up in the algorithm so if you enjoy what you watch what you listen to share it amongst all your mates and thank you very much for all those of you over in the clan on patreon not much i can say except you know a heartfelt thank you you folks go that extra mile and i really do appreciate it i couldn't do this without your support if you fancy checking that out head to patreon.com forward slash teapot one okay then Let's get back to the chat. Let there be light. I wasn't even looking at my screen for a moment. Then I was like, geez, can you even see me? (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Right. Okay. So we are over on Instagram, which for me is at teapot1insta. And for Reese is at tomorrowrider. I will leave all his links for his socials down below. Right. First one, Richard Higgett at Banditman. I followed this trip as I had just brought the just bought the same bike. That tiger must have a lot of memories for him. What would he have liked to personally? Oh, sorry. Would he have liked to personally keep the bike? It was in Triumph Hinkley's museum the last time I saw it. Yeah. So Triumph loaned you the bike, didn't they? And then took it back after the the trip. Yeah, because it was always there, but they never. Yeah. Uh, that was part of the deal. That it was, and that was their sort of promotional thing to try and get on the map. The pension market. Remember, they went back in the day. It was always yes. It was always mm-hmm. BMW. That was the yes, only, right. You know, whereas obviously, I mean, there was the likes of yourself from the sports bike and Nathan Millwood. Uh, now we're doing on, on a little <laughs> posty, and then obviously, right. I thought, well, I'll do the headset adventure and then go on the triumph. So, um, would I love it back? Hundred percent. Yeah, I'd like it in my lounge as opposed yeah. to the triumph lounge. Um, but then again, having said that, it's nice to be there. Because if it's in my land, just only I can see it. Aye. 
Whereas if it's there at the moment, they've just moved it to the cafe area now. So literally everyone who goes there sees the history of crime, sees the history of the bike. They get to have their cup of coffee and they get to see the bike, see who it is, and then think, wow, that's got some history, obviously. That's got some yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's a combination of, but yeah, it's true. I've always said to clients, um, whenever you get tired of it and you need to obviously move on with, uh, with things and that needs to either go in the back storage room somewhere, uh, that's coming back to me. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, where's, where's your bike? Where's your bike? Uh, my mine's just sat in the garage. Yours is just sat in the garage. Yeah. She's just sat in the garage. You know, she's not, she's not turned a wheel since 2015. I, I rode her to the first Overland event back in 2015 for the bike launch. Um, sorry for the book launch, and book launch, yeah. um, and that was the last time I rode it. Uh, I rode her home. And then she's never been she's never been turned on since. So um, yeah, she just sort of sat in my garage, rusting away, and and yeah. it and it. I feel I feel quite sad because I'm like that. She deserves so much more recognition for what that mm. bike did. Not, yeah. not not me. What the bike did. You know that bike put up with so oh. much fucking mm. grief, yeah. and and it never missed a beat. You know mechanically, apart from the subframe snapping four times the, the engine i mean the engine got flooded out i got shot at it, it, it the, the bike was amazing it never ever missed a beat and it and it just doesn't it doesn't feel like the bike gets any recognition you know suzuki aren't bothered i had a bit of a falling out with suzuki sadly suzuki uk so they're yeah. they're they will never pr the whole thing and no. i just think oh it deserves not me, but the bike deserves some recognition for what it's well, done. Yeah, the bike does in itself. Yeah, I, I can get that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah, otherwise, I she's just gonna she's just gonna rot in my garage, and it's like, no, this is this is a bit history. That, no, no Suzuki's ever done that. No Jixxer has ever done that. No, so like, that's, oh. that's the thing. It's it's, it's there's got to be somewhere where it can at least. I guess that's why there's two answers to it. You, it's good to have it like yourself. Because it's yours, but then again, like you say, we'll just sit in the garage, or if if it allows whoever you live with, it's going to sit in the lounge to look at. But then, but yeah. then, yeah, but um, but then, if it's out there sitting somewhere, then it's able to, like you say, get its the bike's credibility, yeah. the bike's story there, and and that's it. So you maybe you can try a museum somewhere, maybe. Uh, there's a nice Landic uh, motorcycle museum. Yeah, there is. If if they want to contact me and discuss about getting out there, then yeah, definitely. And that goes for anyone. If there's if there's any sort of museums or or anything out there that that would be interested in in having her for a while, then you know, you know, I'd I'd love for her to get a little bit of recognition. So yeah, yeah, give her the light, so, give her the limelight because uh, she 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 needs as much as anything, like you say. The the and bike shed up. when the bike shed first opened, they they spoke about. So somebody in their PR team had dropped yeah. me a line about something, and and in passing had said, "Oh, what's what's up? What's what are you doing with your bike now?" Mm -hmm. So I said, "Oh, nothing. It's just sat in my garage." And they said, "Oh, you know, maybe maybe we could look at having it as a sort of temporary display at the bike shed." And I was like, "Absolutely, yeah. yeah just yeah. let me know." And then I never ever heard anything from them. So I was like, oh well, okay. Oh, well, shouting out to them now. Then yeah, yeah. Anyone <laughs> in the bike shed? If you want the bike, let me know. Yeah, come on, well. <laughs> anyway right okay 
Next one, Yorkshire Hero. How have you found riding a bigger bike in remote areas with fuels uh, with fuel being scarce? Also, any advice on riding adventure bikes for a short arses as I'm only five foot five? How tall are you, Reese? Five uh, eleven. Oh, okay. I'm I'm literally just shy of six foot. So I know. I could say I'm six foot, but I'm not five eleven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, how so, tall are you? Uh, six, well, I was six three, but I think I think I'm either getting old or I'm my fat gut is pulling me down and I'm I'm slouching. <laughs> but I, I'm definitely six three, but I just need to stand up straight more. Oh yeah. Wait one second. Oh, he's off. Right, we'll do some more ads. You'll bring my cat in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so so continue. But yeah, so you're six three. Okay. <clears throat> right. So um, how do you find riding a bigger bike in remote areas with uh, scarce fuel? Bigger uh, bike in remote areas. Well, like I said, I think well the the story before because I did run out of fuel first four miles um, in remote areas like Turkmenistan in Central Asia that sort of stuff. I mean, fuel is actually pretty scarce in the distance of it. Um, how do you run it? You can always keep it. I never actually. I don't know about yourself, but I didn't actually carry any spare fuel the odd time i did like in australia so going across to nullable and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff obviously i had just a little spare five liter just in the back seat um i could have done with that obviously in south america but i didn't think it was that yes <laughs> um and i had that in central uh, central asia so i only picked and choose where i needed spare fuel um on that front so I never really yeah i never really found fuel an issue apart from when i ran out of on, on the I, floor i did yeah yeah the, the only place i did carry i had a 17 17 and a half liter tank on the jigsa mm. and i carried i had the roto packs when they'd only just come out roto packs those little red sort of fuel can thin yes. fuel cans yes. so yeah. i had a couple of them that, that they they just fit really nicely into like an, an r20 krieger bag they just fit handily straight in that so i carried a spare seven liters of fuel basically everywhere until i got to chile and then when i got to chile there was petrol stations like every 200 meters there's a petrol mm-hmm. station so yeah. i just thought yeah don't need that anymore. So I yeah. didn't bother. And I, I followed the sort of Pan America heading north. And then I was going through the Atacama Desert and I ran out of fuel. <laughs> oh, yeah, Atacama Desert. There's not much in Atacama Desert. But I'm the driest place on the planet. Yeah, the driest yeah. place on the planet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, in fact, that was one of the places I remember before I ran out of fuel where I something caught my eye at the side of the road. Can't remember what it was. Something caught my eye and I was like, Remember how I said to you, oh, I've seen that picture where you just park your bike off the road and it looks like you, there's like a dirt yeah. track with something <laughs> yeah. there. And I was like, yeah. ah, I know what you've done here. <laughs> but anyway, that was the only place I ran out of fuel. And even then, you know, somebody just stopped and, and gave me a run like five yeah. miles down the road to where the petrol station was and took me back as well. So it was it was awesome. Oh, yeah, um, there's always, there's always, I always think if there's, because other people have vehicles. Absolutely. I touching on before, obviously, but there's other people. People live in these other countries. <laughs> Unless totally. you go out of space or somewhere, yeah. there isn't people. If there's people, they've got cars or some sort of transport. Or mopeds. Or mopeds, yeah. And I Everywhere's mean, got mopeds. Everywhere's got mopeds. Mopeds is everywhere. Or tuk-tuk to something. And yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a few times, 
you'd ask a local where's fuel and then they would turn up like you say in the scooter and then they've got like some little like like the kettle big massive kettle pot with fuel in it and then you just turn up and you look and you like yeah, it smells like it yeah go on then put it in <laughs> and you just hope it's clean clean enough starts oh yeah okay cool <laughs> I, I was up in the mountains in peru not long yeah. after I'd, I'd, you know, like we're talking like within a week of me running out of fuel in, in Chile. I'm into yeah. Peru and I'm up in the mountains and it felt really remote. But there was a, I came into a little village and I'm thinking, you know, I've probably got 15, 20 miles of fuel left here. I, I need uh, I need to be looking for some fuel. And yeah. um, I was just driving around this little village and I, I saw a copper just leaned up against a wall at the side of the road next to his moped and sort of went up and, sort of said in my best Spanglish that I possibly ca- could, gasolinas, you know, yeah. where kind of thing. And, and he's, uh, you know, follow, jumped on his moped and off he went. So I just followed him and he took yeah. me to a house, like just uh, like an apartment type thing, yeah. knocked on the door. And this lady came to the door smoking a cigarette and he spoke to her and she looked over and she was like, hey, come in. So I walked into her house and she had like water, you know, like water, uh, butts that you that you collect, you get them at B and Q. Oh, the, the big, the, sort of the big ones, that big things that you yeah, fill yeah, rainwater yeah. with. She had them, yeah. like like five, six of them in her front room with fuel in it, and yeah. and she basically she she took like a a big plastic bottle with a pair of tights on the top, and she ladled fuel in, and then gave yeah. me the fuel, and I just I just gave her some money, but that was it. Like she's smoking a cigarette with vats of fuel in her house. <laughs> that was it. I got fuel and off I went. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, they do say actually, this is the fuel's not dangerous. It's the vapors, isn't it? Yeah, more, it is. Yeah, the more fuel, the, the better. Less the, the vapors. The vapors that were just building yeah, in her front room while she had a cigarette. <laughs> Mate, God. Um, oh well, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, right, okay, what, was, what yeah, about advice on riding adventure bikes for short horses? Oh yeah, so obviously I can touch. I got a long, I got a long inner leg actually. That's my mum. She's got long legs, so it sort of helps. So I can actually touch the ground on adventure bikes. But I do know for a fact is uh, my old man. He's actually five, five eight, five eight. I know he's got, he's got a short inner leg, and he has to. So when he rides, obviously you do have to think about where you're going. So you have to mm-hmm. Where you you know, going to coming to a stop? Then like I said, I'm just going there. Obviously, you want to film on that side. Not the, not the yeah, your, your audio is disappearing again, mate. Oh, is my audio again? Yeah, you're better the now. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So obviously, you're riding up. If the gradient of the road is to the left, you need to think about where you're going to put the right yeah. foot down. And then you literally just sit yourself and you sit on one ass cheek. And then obviously sort of then just jump off and then sit off another. And then that's what I've seen them do. And I know for a fact that that works. Um, and you just gotta you just gotta play bum seats. I mean that's that's literally it. You just gotta you just gotta <laughs> that's literally from the training I've had, that's that's literally what you've got to do. And you gotta jump up and down. Or you can do the real fancy thing. I know like the training schools do like the Simon Baby, the BMW or the, the Triumph Adventure School and all that. They um they take off one foot and then when they bike rolls over then throw the leg over and then take off. I've seen a few, you know, even short women do it. Yeah. Look, it looks very cool, but not a yeah. chance can I do that. <laughs> you can't do that? Oh, okay. Sure you <laughs> Better work, better work. Again. My God. But biggest... I, I know, like, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, okay. No, no. no. I was just going to say, because the biggest thing I've always recommended to people is, I think I even said at ABRs, 
you don't actually you don't have to be a Dakar rider to to go traveling on a motorcycle. You don't need to be thrown out the back end and all these. I always laugh when they tell you like you see all these marketing you know, material from all manufacturers. They don't there the professional. Oh, dudes, they can ride. Happy days, but. Mm. What we do, or what you travel, and they're not going to do that with like a load of gear and all that sort of stuff. You just break the bike for a month in the happy days, and you need the best skills I've always read. And it's learned maneuvers. Mm-hmm. So you're coming up, and then you're like, you're, you're coming up in Africa, and then boom, there's, a, there's, a, there's an elephant, or a tiger, or a lion, or you're in Canada, and there's a bear. I need to do a U turn. I know a heck of a lot of riders cannot do a full lot U turn fully mm-hmm. loaded. Maybe their mm-hmm. wife on the back or something. They need to do a full lot U turn. You know, you try to tell the grizzly bear, wait one second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, wait yeah. One yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's slow control, slow maneuvers. It's it's touch control, it's center of balance. And then once you've got that, that is the best skill to have. Yeah, good advice. Actually, that is that is good advice for sure. Slow maneuver, even on the tarmac, just for your yeah. normal riding. Yeah. Slow yeah. maneuvering is some of the best skills you can you can learn for, for your own confidence and and 100%. just just for everyday life, really on the bike yeah. for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I think these days as well, manufacturers are much more sort of clued up and prepared, armored, armored. Mm. Is that the right word? Uh, mm. They they have shorter riders in mind now in that you can get suspension lowering kits, you can get yeah. lowered seats, you can get you can get tall seats, you can get all yeah. sorts now for yeah. for most of the big yeah. adventure bikes. Yeah. They yeah. they offer a, a variety of different options, don't they? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They change a lot of things, and I mean, I know Triumph has brought up like their new twelve hundreds, and it's it's they give that different range from the rally to the Explorer to the GT. It's different height range. It is different height range. Like you say, you can get oh. now two level seats as well, um, and that sort of stuff. Me personally, I actually don't like the lower suspensions. I don't know if it might be a, a big debate <laughs> for some people because I just like to keep the suspension as it is and obviously have the clearance if needs be. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than tampering with the suspension and pushing it down or having lower suspension. So then the bike's got lower. So if you do ever start hitting things, so I'd rather have the ground core. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if if you're buying an adventure bike and you're going to be going off road, a you're a minority for sure. But <laughs> you know, for sure, you want the maximum. You want the maximum suspension travel for sure. Yeah. If, if that's what you've got in mind for it, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Unless you do what you did, and then you just say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to just take a bike, which no one will take." <laughs> I I always say to people. When when people say to me what bike what bike would you recommend I take and and it's Jacques Lucasen said this you, you've met Jacques haven't you the guy that did the the world on the R one Jacques said it to me it's the best advice and he just turned around and he said take the bike that makes you smile yeah hundred percent that's yeah. it like I said before any bike will will go any bike will get over whatever terrain you're putting in front of it it might get battered it might be really uncomfortable you might have to drag the bloody thing at times but the bike the bike essentially will do it right it's unless you throw it over the cliff at the other end when you start that engine you're going to be able to ride somewhere it's it's the rider that is the difference for sure so um, just take the bike that makes you smile yeah definitely i I 100 agree with that 
Right, next one, Muskie1450. Have you read the Sunday Post article on the two British women who rode scooters around the world in the late 1950s, now trying to get into the Guinness Book? Oh, no, I've not. Have you ever heard of them? No, I've not. No, I've not heard of the 1950s, two scooters. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There's, you know, there's... Um... There is obviously a few stories that you that you hear about that pop up obviously back in yeah. the old days that you sort of hear that they don't really document. Um, and I've, I've heard of. Uh, I'll have to do a little Google search and see if they. Isn't they it? Up. Isn't it crazy when you, you know, the the overland greats, the gods of the overland world, people like Ted Simon, yeah. Elspeth Beard, people like that. You know who yeah. who who did these journeys. Yeah. Like back in the 60s, 70s, when, yeah. you know, th- there was nothing that we have today. You know, we, we uh-huh. they didn't even have, they didn't even have TV and media the way we have it. So they had no yeah. idea what they were going into. Never mind GPS and things like that. And even maps. Sometimes there was no maps for the places no these map. people yeah. were going to. They were literally mm-hmm. going off into the void yeah. and, yeah. and they did it and, and by the sound of it, their experience sounds very similar to what we had in that everybody mm. seems to say people are nice. You know, it's the same yeah. experience. You're welcomed yeah. wherever you go, yeah. mostly. Yeah. Same experience. And like, all Jews, I mean, I've, I've met Ted a few times, and, you know, because obviously he was on a tiger as well. It's, it's incredible to hear their story. Yeah. And it's almost, it's almost like, I watched because um, someone following like like itchy boots at the moment, and there's a couple of times she gets lost and she just looks out on Google Maps and the phone on the i on the you know the fancy yeah. iPhone and yeah, boom, five G, happy days. And I said, oh, it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then I sit there and I think, God, Ted, Ted must then look at us and then go, God, that's easy. <laughs> that's I don't so even cool. remember Google Maps. I don't even remember using no, Google I, Maps no, on my trip. No, I don't remember Google Maps either. I, I had a Garmin, I had a SatNav, but I don't remember Google Maps to the extent yeah. that there is now. No, I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, I, mean, I think it was iPhone two that was out, yeah. maybe or, or something yeah. like that. Something, you know. But but that's the thing. Like you look at the, it's like different levels of. So I look back. I look now at and then I, I I then meet I I met Ted at ABR. Hey Ted, you know. And I always say, no, you must look at me and think, ah, oh, I had it easy on the, yeah, on the yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. triumph and the, the fancy. And I'm sitting there, it's just the same thing. It's just repeating itself. It just, of course it <laughs> is, yeah. Because you, you look at people that are doing it now and you're just like, oh, it's so bloody easy, isn't it? Like, yeah, for me, straight. for me, it's the it's the cameras. Like, um, <laughs> here we go. Oh, you still got them? That's what I took. The, the Hero 2. That's, that's that was brand one. new. I, t- yeah. I took the Hero 2 and then... It was a bag of shit. And then I bought... <laughs> yeah. And then when I got to Australia, I bought the Hero 3 Plus. Oh, and it lasted that. about a month. And then it <laughs> died on me. Wow. Then you look at the quality of what you get now. Like, here we go. That's what I use now. The Hero 10. Oh, like the, the 10, 9 yeah, and the 10. Yeah. Even the 8, yeah, 9 that's, and that's 10. That's all the 10s in there. And it's, yeah, the, yeah. the quality's phenomenal. You've got drones, the, the laptops that you carry. I, I always say I would love to do my trip again. Just to have not only the technology, the camera technology, yeah. pardon me, that we possess these days, but also now 
just the, the knowledge that I have for editing and the knowledge around mm. social media, you know, mm. being savvy about it, savvy-ish yeah. about it yeah. now. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Exactly the same. Well, it's like what we're touching on, like, you know, we were kind of influencers back in the day. I mean, like, it's the same concept. I mean, like, yeah, because there was one episode, and it's only because it's fresh, because I watched the episode recently, like, that should be fresh. I didn't know where to go. And it's just lost. And then she just goes, oh, I just did it all. Yeah. The hotel's here. Oh, there it is. I remember getting lost in the mountains of Columbia, then asking some dude in his driveway, his mum comes out the driveway. I'm, like, I'm trying to find a place to stay. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My, oh, what about And that's the point with drones. I mean, like, I took it, I've got the brand new uh, DJI uh, Mini 3 Pro. Um, mm. And I went and bought that for Iceland. And probably seen it on my Instagram. I mean, it just captures things in a whole different level. It's phenomenal, isn't it? It's just, you just look at me like, is that where I'm at? <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. yeah Capturing different views and different highs. Even if, you know, you want to touch it like there, you can do it. Next and it's the, the third person view that you can get of you as well like then okay the dji is not great at tracking a motorbike when you're riding it but you can do things like you know you can be sat on the bike and then have the drone take either a picture or a panning video shot of you where you're sat so you see you on the bike with the background it's phenomenal what you can do now talking about itchy boots i am a fair play to that 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 lady i cannot believe the the work output she churns out. It's like I don't know how she does it. I do not know how she creates that content on the go the way she does. It's just phenomenal. It's I incredible. I, I have I think I have a theory, but I don't want to start a debate. <laughs> oh, about about somebody else doing it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was con- I was convinced, but but TMF Missenden Flyer, he gets on very well with with Norley. And mm. um, she's adamant with him. She's like, no, I know people think there's somebody else doing it, but it's all me. She's I just, every couple of, well, every sort of, every three, four days, whatever it is, she just mm. books herself into a hotel and she spends a couple of days just, boom, chucking out a couple of videos for the last few days. And then yeah. off she goes again. She does that. And she just yeah. does it cyclically. It's a cyclical yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is possible because I mean, I know I'd, uh, I'm in, I chat to um, uh, Hannah, what's her name? Hannah Johansson. The, she rides the Triumph. Uh, she, I think she's the Triumph from Norway ambassador. Oh, okay. She was in Iceland at the same time that I was in. She's she's over there at the moment and um, and she posts content all the time, content, mm. Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And I messaged her because she was in the same town that I was in, or going to be. And I was like, let's meet up. And she's like, oh, no, that was five days ago. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in a five-day periodic period. So she said, so she would get to one and then do five days. Yeah. You boom, five days of material. So there is that point, yeah, 100%. Yeah. See, that's sort of what I did on my travels. Every sort of three weeks or so, three to five weeks, I'd book myself into a hostel and I'd spend anywhere up to four or five days in the hostel. And I'd literally just sit there and I'd batter out the next episode so that every every four to six weeks I had a new episode on the YouTube channel. But you can't do that. You just, well, A, 
you couldn't you couldn't do that then because you know I I think I had six hundred subscribers by the time I finished. So yeah. one one video every six weeks just didn't cut the mustard. But yeah. But uh, like these days, you need to be chucking out for for big growth. You need to be chucking out at least two videos a week now, yeah. at least. Like I do one a week, yeah. and it it's not great growth. If you can do two vids, like one every five days or so, that's that's probably optimum yeah. at the moment. You do you, you do need to, and that's the you need to keep that consistent. And yeah, to be fair, I mean yeah, interview she does pretty well, you know. Mm. I follow up, you know. I mean, there's 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 no choose there. I do Phenomenal. I do know there's. You know, she she does have a team behind her. I've seen mm. that back end of her website. Because mm. I, I question, like, how did like the same to you? Like, like you're on the trip. How do you do that on the trip? Because I've been on the trip, never have that much time. I was like, mm. was I was I too much? Was I spending too much time with Columbia women? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like was, was I too preoccupied? Like, what's going on there? Does she literally not see anyone and just literally go to the hotel and just? I don't, so I, I searched up, and I do know there's a there is a Norwegian uh, company or Dutch company that runs all the back end right. of the yeah, 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 yeah. And then I said, to them, well, well, okay, they go again, like we're talking about technology. Technology makes it so much easier now. It's like mm. the GoPro, you just plug it in, isn't it? And it's to the cloud. Yeah. And then boom, straight to the cloud. Okay, cool. So then you don't have to worry about hard drives. You don't have to worry about copy paste. Like, which is, like, you've probably experienced the GoPro 10. I mean, it's brilliant. Like in Iceland, I just got I, I don't use any of the cloud. No, I mean, but like the transfer, the transfer from like the camera. No, I've never done it. I'm such a dinosaur. No, I literally, I literally take the, I take the SD card out and I whack it into my SD drive. I transfer yeah. all the files across, and I just do it like that. And and I've had like mates and other people yeah. on trips who come away with GoPros, and when we stop for a coffee, the trans, you know, the GoPro basically goes, these are your highlights, doesn't it? Whack, there's the yeah. highlights going off the yeah. G-Sensor stuff. Poof! And they create these videos, these fucking amazing videos whilst yeah. they're having a coffee. The, yeah. the AI just does it, and I'm sat there like, it's going to take me... It's going to take me like five days to create yeah. this vid, and you've just done it over a coffee. <laughs> It's amazying. I know it's the technology. Like you said, the technology of it just makes it. Oh, it's just yeah, next level stuff. It really, I do, I do need to look at that. I knew I do need to look at the sort of the AI side of go uh, yeah, yeah, a lot so more and utilize it. Yes, yeah, especially for the socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like the social, especially especially the socials. I mean, like, I know I've noticed. I've learned. I've learned now. Like Instagram is just a quick. It's just a quick. You know, one one thirty seconds. Yeah, I'm gonna if that of just one clip, two clips, and that's it. And yeah. then some, some you know, shitty music in the background, and, yeah. happy then. and then people are happy. Yeah, um, it's it's true. And yeah. like shorts on YouTube as well, like because yeah, it's, it's basically TikTok, isn't it? TikTok has 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 yeah. has, has changed. Well, it's changed everything. It's changed Instagram because pictures do. Fuck all anymore. You, you you can't get away with just posting a picture anymore, can you? It's yeah. got to be video. Yeah. And yeah. and YouTube people, where where I was worried about having people with a, a reta- um, retention span or an yeah. attention span of like, you know, can I get them to six or seven minutes? So like half a vid. Let's see. Yeah. Now you're like, well, you've got you've got mm. at most you've got sixty seconds in yeah. a short. 
now on YouTube. That's and you're like, it. That's Fuck's it. sake. <laughs> <laughs> and even then they say, if you can keep it under 10 seconds, that's optimal. And you're like, yeah. what What are we creating? What sort of people are we creating? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just quick processed. So yeah, it is. Attention span. I mean, that's literally wow. it. Yeah. Anyway, right. Uh, okay. okay, next one. McLeod of the Clan one one three. No question, but I did love his program on Prime. Top lad, Reese. Oh, mm-hmm. were you on Prime? Were you Amazon Prime? I am. Well, I'm still on Prime. I should be. Is this the world trip on that, or is that yeah, the? Um... That's the world trip. That's the world trip on um, Amazon Prime UK and USA. There we go. Is it called Tomorrow Rider? Uh, no, it's called Around the World with Reese Laurie. Around the world. There you go. I was going to say at the end of this, actually, if you want to, fi- I was going to say to you, where do people go if they want to find out more about the world trip? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The world trip, they just whack in my name, Google or Amazon Prime or just there tomorrow. They will pop up on the website. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, again, they've got to take their mind back to the 2014, like you say, the GoPro 3. There was only 1080p. There was no drones. It was just me yeah. and myself instead. I had no film crew. Um, it was edited by myself. <laughs> I mean, it was it was even the selfie stick. I remember watching yeah. you. Like even yeah. when I was on my trip, I was watching what you're doing. And I was like, "How's he done that?" But like I, I I didn't know about a selfie stick on a GoPro. It's like fucking hell, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't have to see health and safety now. You shouldn't do it while riding. But screw it, yeah. you know, and then just stick it up and then. Hey, yeah, I saw it's, that. It's kind of a drone. Just following you, but instead it's just you holding a GoPro and in, as you ride and go around the bend, and it's just it's just it's the old school drone. And now we've got Insta three sixties. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah, 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 the footage just, off of them is nuts, isn't it? Yeah, you just choose which angle you want, where you angle yeah. is. Now we we used to go there, stick the selfie stick out, and then realize the camera's upside down or something. Young youngins <laughs> don't know they're born, do they, man? <laughs> youngins don't know they're born. Whole <laughs> <laughs> bunch of old farts. Oh, yeah, right. Jeez. Geoms, Terry Pratchett wrote, a million to one chances crop up nine times out of ten. What is your unluckiest story? Oh, oh, unluckiest story. Unluckiest. Uh, yeah, I've got one. Go on, then. I mean, if we're sticking on the topic of the world trip, and our uh, well, world trips, then I've got yeah. one where, where literally I changed my tyres in Santiago, Chile. Uh, the key TKC 18s ready for you know, eyes ready for gravel, and then literally that day, <clears throat> first day, boom, there was a volcano eruption <laughs> going over towards uh, um, Argentina. So I had to be diverted towards the south, the sort of east. That was day one. Then next day, two, I didn't get a puncture, but I got a flat tire, and then it was the valve in the, in the tube. So obviously the old 800s had tubes, mm-hmm. so I had a flat tire. So I ended up spending about a couple of days trying to figure out where the puncture is and then realized that, oh, actually it's just the valve has been worn. They didn't mm-hmm. replace the tube, they just replaced the tire. And then day three, my phone broke. So again, like the iPhone 2 or whatever, so I ended up dropping it and sort of like, I think I was doing the whole selfie riding thing and then I sort of pulled it out the pocket and dropped and ran over it. So I ended up needing <laughs> It was like one day after another day after another day yeah. after another day. And then yeah. literally, I think it was about the fourth or fifth day, that was when I ran out of fuel and that's put like four miles. So at which point I reached El Calafate and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> you were on a roll, mate. You were on a roll there. 
So there you go. Pretty unlucky, those points. How about yourself? I was trying to think, while you were talking, I was trying to think, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, but any sort of unlucky issues led me on to, like, meet people or just yeah. something else that happened that turned out being amazing. But there was one thing that that I'm still I'm still gutted about this. When I was crossing Russia, I snapped the rear subframe for the fourth time, and it was right before I had planned to head down into Mongolia. So it was like yeah. right near Ula, uh, it was just before Ulanuda I I I snapped it. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I got the frame I got the frame rewelded mm-hmm. and I was riding on it and it snapped again and I I just thought I think it's suicide to head down into Mongolia now with a A on a sports bike where there's you know I'm heading to a country where apart from one stretch going to to the capital there's no tarmac it's just it's dirt track isn't it so that was going to be a challenge anyway on a sports bike but to do it on a sports bike with a broken back I just thought this is I can't I can't do this it's not like I'm going to find somewhere that's got a spare part for the GSXR thousand you know so yeah I was like right so I made the decision not to go into Mongolia and Mongolia was one of the places Ever since I saw a long way around and I had the idea to to do world travel, Mongolia yes. was always somewhere I wanted to go. And it yeah. still is to this day, somewhere yes, I want to go. So that, 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 I suppose that is, I don't like to say I've got regrets, but that is just one part where I'm like, ah, fuck, I wish that, I wish that hadn't happened. Because I, I wish that hadn't happened. I would love, even, even if I only got to Ulaanbaatar, even if I only got to the capital, it's like 80 miles from the border, isn't it? 100 miles south of the border with Russia, mm-hmm. Get to mm-hmm. Mongolian capital, and I yeah. think I think there even is tarmac road for for some of that to get to Ulanuda uh, to get to Ulaanbaatar. So even if I could have just got a Jixa there, that would have been amazing. Nobody else has done that ever in the world, and it would have been oh, I'd love to have done that. But I will. Never mind. Never mind. Well, there we go. We, we can go to Mongolia. We can, I haven't been to Mongolia either, so you know, that's on my, no, that's on my list as well. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's still somewhere I want to do. Um, yeah. I had, I had um, a young couple on on here who, um, oh Jesus, names totally just gone straight out of my mind. Um, so as the young couple, they rode they rode the Sinus terrain, the one two five. They rode two of them on mm. the the Mongol rally. Have you heard of the Mongol I rally? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they they rode that and they went through Mongolia and I just thought, yeah. oh, I'd love to do it. I'd really? love to do that. Especially yeah. on a sports bike. You know, just oh, just to do it. <laughs> but anyway, never mind. I'll follow we'll that. I'll follow that. <laughs> <laughs> follow that. You're coming with me now. <laughs> yeah. <I'm coming>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last one on Instagram. Joe Kid 49. Question to you both. If you had the opportunity to change the design of a road sign, which sign would it be and why? And what would the what and what should the new design be? Okay, so changing a road sign, which sign would it be, why, and what would you change it to? Road sign. Sheesh. That is a that that's a problem because you know you <laughs> I mean, there's quite a few, you know, that you'd look at and you're like, that's just, that's just bonkers. And, um, I mean, the, the road signs in Iceland, there's, there's, there's one where you go into these single tunnels. They've got single tunnels going through the northern fjords mm-hmm. and they have 
I guess they cost time. Who knows the mountains? They they, they only do one tunnel. It's about seven, eight kilometers long. So it's it's coming in the other end. So what they have is they have little passing. The passing bays they have to to the right-hand side. So so you only have to give way if the sign is pointed to you. So you have to pull in and let that car come in. And the sign is... You, 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 I'm going gonna, gonna to question you now. So, so if what letter do you think the sign is for a passing bay? Yeah, either a P for passing or G for give way. You'd think so, wouldn't you? It's called <laughs> Go on. It's M. So all, right? I can, all, all, all I can presume that is to move out the way. <laughs> and then I'm thinking it can be a heck of a lot easier. But then again, they speak Icelandic. So maybe something's like, you know, like something. You know, like, oh, you're fluent. You're fluent yeah, in yeah. Icelandic. And that means passing day. You know what I mean, I don't know. But that, that was a bit confusing. But to M. So uh, straight I'm off just, the head. Just, yeah. I just thought of it. In the UK, 20 mile an hour speed limits. I, I, I would, I would. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it would be a 20 mile an hour side limit. Why? Because it's fucking ridiculous. If you can't react at 30 mile an hour, yes. you know, I appreciate the schools and all that, but if you can't react at 30 mile an hour, you should not be behind the wheel or the handlebars of a moving vehicle. Uh, um, what should the new, new design be? Well, the, 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 the big pit where you throw them all in and crush them all up. That's what the sign should be. Um, yeah, ridiculous. 20 mile an hour, ridiculous. But anyway. Oh, my gosh, I must leave. Oh, I feel better now I've vented that. <laughs> you, let them, you let that out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, right. I'm just popping across to Facebook. I didn't, I'm not sure if we had questions on Facebook. Let me have a little look here. Uh, one more comment. Oh, it's just it's just John Taylor Hayhurst saying, apparently you've been around the world, Teapot. Yes, yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> apparently I talk about it all the time. I always feel like I don't I I always feel like I, I I'm sort of like reticent to talk about the trip because you don't want to be I don't want to be that person that mm. that is all you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, oh, 100%. 100%. but but a lot of the time it's like people, a lot of people genuinely have an interest in it, don't they? And they want to talk to you about what you've done. Yeah. But I kind of, I, I, I sort of feel a bit of a Billy Bollocks if I'm standing standing there waxing lyrical about, oh, another time when I was in Mongolia and we did yeah. this, or I went to Chile <laughs> and we did, you know, you just think, don't be a dick. But but I suppose it is it, it is a pretty special thing, isn't it? That, that we achieved. Uh, yeah, it is. It is, and I think. Um... I think, especially if you speak to someone with common grounds, i.e., obviously, like ourselves, we, we experience similar things. Mm-hmm. That obviously, you know, that obviously, you know, makes sense that we can get along because we have that common ground. But then again, like, I, I guess it's touching on what we spoke about. I mean, I've been, in, so for an example, like that job, that normal job I had in New Zealand, the yeah. version job um, at Mitre 10. I mean, like, literally, like, I'm there. So I was working with the builders, doing all the, ordering the materials. Yeah, we were in all that. Um, we had like a meeting or something in you know, the coffee room, and I'm there just sharing my coffee. And some guy there, he's like, "G'day, mate." You know, he's real. Hot. He's got a bit more of a Kiwi accent than me. And I'm saying, "Hey, you bloody, uh, you, you've done something on a motorcycle, you know, and all this sort of stuff." And I was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, something." 
And at which point I, I sort of freeze out and I'm telling people, you know, yeah, yeah. He's like, and then he starts asking questions. No, 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 no. Right. I've heard it's something extraordinary. Like he's done some world records and all this sort of stuff. And, da, da, da. and I was like, oh, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah we've around the world and da, 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 and and 57,000 miles. I've been to these many countries and, da, 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 da. and I, I swear to you, like, you know, sitting on the board. Hey, Jimmy, did you watch that rugby match the other day? <laughs> I totally blanked you. No, oh no! no. <laughs> I, stood there, I stood there by the kettle. Up. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they started talking about rugby because obviously it's New Zealand, so they also got rugby. So it's like, you know, yeah. so then they start talking about rugby and all this sort of stuff, and I was just like, well, I'm going to tell anyone. <laughs> I think that job. I think that job. I told probably maybe two people. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, literally. And actually, funny one, so there was the one time when I was like, you know, I need to get out, I need to get back. And I don't know if you probably this, but I'm like, literally, at that same job, I'm there again, selling timber behind the two, the timber job. Okay, yeah, sweet. And then someone said, ah, oh, someone needs help with the gas pump. We gotta go out and help with the gas pump. Some guy said, um, while I'm locking, you know, because I'm leaning over, he's trying to see my face. He's like, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 sorry. Yeah. Mm. No, you, you, yeah, you, you're the guy who went around the world. I'm the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. And, and literally, as I'm pulling, he's like, what are you doing? And he was stunned. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at the shop thinking, why are you serving? He's, I swear, I'll put it, he probably thought it was a prank. And he's like, why are you serving me this bottle of gas? I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you doing here? And the next minute he's asking me, you're not doing it anymore? Well, I thought you were in the UK, I thought you were traveling. Like, what? And I was just like, no, no, I'm just like, I could have paid off. So I got a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, that's mad. Literally, man, it was just like out of this world, you know? I've got I've got a mate of mine, Dave, and because uh, I used to get you know you, you get it when you're out and about, especially when you're out and out and about on a bike with other bikers and stuff. People just come up, don't they? they yeah. Like, ah, yeah, I was following your trip, blah 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 blah. So if that ever happened, well, it, was, it would happen quite a bit initially when when I was out with my mate Dave, and he used to just be like, oh, right. You've got 10 minutes teapot time. That's all I was allowed. 10 minutes teapot 10 every day that I was with it. So you'd be like, right, 10 minutes teapot, go. <laughs> you know, and it was like, right, I'll have two minutes for you, two minutes for you, two minutes for you. <laughs> but it made me very conscious of that. I was just like, right, you know, you, you, you've got to have something else to you. You can't just be... It can't no, just can't, be that you know, for sure. You got you gotta you gotta do something else. You can't keep was it beating the own horse or being the same horse or something like that, whatever that saying is, you know, you can't yeah. yeah. Life moves on, doesn't it? Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Look at yourself, man. You're doing you're doing everything like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean I'm I'm still I still haven't figured out A what I do for a living now. <laughs> B <laughs> how I do it and you know, is it something I can keep doing? I, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it, it's keeping the wolves at, at bay at the moment. I can pay bills, but it's, it's it doesn't feel like it's a long term thing for me at the moment. I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't I don't just want to break even every month. I I, I need I need to be planning for the future. All like, right, what what's that going to be? Is that going to be tours? Probably tours, I think, because yeah. I, I get so many people asking me about tours now. So it's yeah. Like, 
maybe maybe need to make something of that. I don't really know. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed, yeah. You never know. Right, dude. That's uh, we've gone through all the questions, mate. That's all the questions mm. sorted. That mm. is um, two and a half hours flown by. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, other than other than Amazon, can people still go on like YouTube and things like that and see your your trip, or has that all been pulled for for Amazon? No, 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 no it's, uh, it's it's still on YouTube, but it's in episode format. So they just got to put up the there's 15 episodes. They can watch the world trip one to 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. The Amazon thing is a film, so it's sort of like combined it all in one film. Ah, like long right. films. It's the same thing, but just in a film concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they take a cut. I take a cut, and then happy days. But it's for Prime. It's like if you got Prime, mm-hmm. the delivery and all that sort of stuff is free to watch. Um, and all That's that sort of stuff. That's a good idea. Um, See, and, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, come on. Oh, no, yeah, and then YouTube, yeah, YouTube's just episode format, so that's 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 just put up some adverts and happy days. So, yeah. See, I've got first of October this year is the ten year anniversary for me when I left, mm. and I've always thought, do you know what? To celebrate that, I'll re-edit all the episodes because I just I'll, I'll re-edit them with the sort of skill set I've got now. And like with copyright free music, because I don't I don't make a penny on any of the the original bits because yeah, they're all they're all copyright struck. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'll just I'll re-edit them. So that was my plan was I'd look at the dates that I published all the original ones, and on mm-hmm. the same date ten years on, I would publish yeah. the new vid. Well, I'm um, three weeks away from the from October the first. I've I haven't even and, and I still won't. <laughs> I'll not have a chance. I just won't have a chance. I've got so much still to do, so that's yeah. not happening. <laughs> so, like, what it's can I do idea. to celebrate ten years? It's a good idea because even I watch those old ones now. The, the 50, like my fifteen, my series of my yeah. and I watch it. And yeah, like you said, the skills now learn a bit more. Just too recent. <laughs> you know, oh, that could have been skimmed down to at least five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I made it fifteen minutes. I've made yep. it what ten minutes of me go. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah. But people can watch it all day. Yeah, cool. the most active I'm on actually is Instagram. That's okay. where my that's where my bread and butter is. I try the TikTok, but it's just ain't my thing. <laughs> you know, TikTok's a weird one, man, because it's it seems to be an incredibly powerful sort of marketing tool it yeah. really especially for the younger the, the younger sort of generations for sure but i haven't quite figured out like i've had a couple of vids that have done like a hundred odd thousand views and i i don't know why you know like i, I don't understand why they have and others haven't so it's like is it a hashtag but i tend to use the same hashtag i, I don't know why but um I have no clue about social media sometimes. I read about it and then like you say, somewhere like my Instagram, mm. my reel, and I'm big on reels now, do the reels because obviously that's all they want. And I think my most watched reel, and I'll get yeah, and get this, my most watched reel, yeah, it's like nearly half a million views on reels Jesus. or something. Right, okay. <clears throat> it's not travel, it's not motorcycles, not van life, nothing. It's me making a beef wellington. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally just a time lapse 
I mean, make me and my old man, we had a family together, and I just put the camera on, just no GoPro, no nothing, just the, the iPhone on the selfie mode, time lapse it, making a beef Wellington, rolling it up, a bit of music on it, and then just went making a beef Wellington, and for some reason, I was in the comments, and some ruthless comments. It all Jews. <laughs> oh yeah, the comments are always fun. Oh, the comments are brilliant. I tell the old man, and it's like, oh, that looks, and that looks burnt, and that looks this, and all this. But then that's the most, that's the most watched video on my on my Instagram. I'm just like, really? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the the global motorcycle adventurer, double yeah. world record holder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, yeah. a beef no, Wellington no. video. Beef Wellington maker. <laughs> my gosh, Gordon Ramsay, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm off to the kitchen to go exactly. and make a ham sandwich and put it on the put it on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, dude, please. I've um, I've absolutely loved chatting with you. It's been awesome. Um, when always. are you? What event are you at next? In the uh, UK, it might be NEC. NEC, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm not. Be. I'm not. I'm not there in official capacity yet. I've not been. I've not had anyone contact, but I'll certainly make sure I pop up there before. I'm doing a. I'm doing a thing down at Toro Adventure in in Spain towards the end of uh, November. I think twenty second oh. to twenty fourth. I'm away, so I'll miss the end of the show. But mm-hmm. um, towards the start, <clears throat> I'll make sure I pop up, and if you're there, I'll I'll come and say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've was that the last time we met? Was it Ted Lunch? Oh, may, have been London, may have been London show actually. That's when I left. Been but, but yeah, but yeah, definitely. It'll be, it'll be brilliant to see him. And um, uh, we've, we've caught up a few times in, in, in the past by passing. I know, mate. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? It's crazy how like paths just cross like that, and then we're away yeah. doing something else. But, but no, yeah, no, definitely. Thank you, thank you for bringing me on, and um, and uh, I'll take a little uh, uh, Icelandic uh, little drink. Good man. Good man. Little, little drink rum for yourself. Time, uh, Slange mm. and uh, to mom, to the queen, God bless you, mom. Right, dude. Um, this one will come out uh, next Wednesday. The audio one will be out on a Wednesday, the video will go out the following Monday, as usual. And I'll tag you in all the socials, mm. right? Before, um, before we go. I'll pass the floor open to you. If you want to plug anything, if you want to plug any of your tours, if you've got anything coming up that you want to give a shout out to, feel free. Over to you. No, no. I mean, um, obviously, I won't plug too much. I mean, obviously, yeah, you can follow us. You can follow the adventures on uh, tomorrow, right? Obviously, we've got some tours coming up uh, next year. Next year's going to be good. Uh, the Globuster tours, um, by the sounds of it, you do a few tours as well. So, hey, you never know. I might mm. hunt you for a tour guide if uh, I'm there. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, you're rather experienced there, so I'll, I'll keep an eye on you. Um, but, um, but yeah, Globuster tours next year, Trans Americas, uh, Patagonia, um, also Africa, as well as Iceland. Um, so there's there's plenty there, but they're filling up fast. Definitely say that. So, um, but yeah, just keep following on the at tomorrow Rider and at Globuster pages, and um, just, yeah, just go out there, just do it how you want to do it, and live, and uh, and to all the viewers and listeners, and um, there's no right or wrong way. It doesn't have to be a triumph. It doesn't have to be whatever it is. It could be whatever you want to be, and whatever challenge it may be. It doesn't have to be around the world. It could be. Be a challenge of just uh, just getting well because some people are ill out there or whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't it's different levels? It just be uh, traveling just to Africa. 
like yourself. You just want to go to Africa. <laughs> Happy days. Or could it be just me? Just wanted to go to Colombia. <laughs> all, I, all I say is just go buy a whiteboard, make it happen, and stop dreaming. Absolutely. Basically. Yeah, I've I've always said this, folks. You'll be sick of hearing this on this podcast. But the only thing that will stop you living your dream is you. Ooh. Make it happen. Make a plan. Make it happen. Dude, absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Absolutely. And Back to you. Look Back forward to, you. to the next time we meet up. We'll have a beer in person. Indeed. Right, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this one. Keep doing your thing. Get on out there whenever you possibly can. Look after those that you love. But most importantly, most importantly, live your life. Woo-ha! Mega, man. Cheers, Reese. Really enjoyed that, pal.